What's going on guys, today on the Ronin Podcast, me and Coach Ian are talking to one of our new coaches, Jamal, about his experience in the English Championships. What made this lead up to the English Champs unique was it was a virtual championships, and also Jamal was unfortunate enough to get COVID um, in the lead up to it. So this is a podcast all about how he recovered from it, um, how he experienced different symptoms to his partner, and also what we did for the training block leading into it, considering he only had four weeks of training to get into it. We hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and then yeah. We're, and, and we'll do it, and then just go through Jamal's training process all the way up to the comp. Yeah, yeah, because I think mean, that's the main thing. Is like a lot of people have. Cool. It seems to be like there's like a really weird, like a re- like a really weird like kind of like two groups. There's people who basically almost don't really know much about Corona because they don't really experience any of it firsthand. Then there's our group where like there seems to be quite a few people think they've had it or have definitely had it, and then yeah. everyone's pretty much back to normal apart from like a few. I think it's like a few of the girls who are having more problems with it. But then everyone's like recovery has been like a little bit different. Like as yeah. in, like, I think like Jamal <clears throat> was a case of you just seemed like you were dead for a week, and then you almost came back fine. Whereas some people had like a weird. It was almost like a steady decline into it, and then like a steady, like very, very slowly came out. Whereas you and Dan Howard, for some reason, it was like you just shot down, couldn't get up, and then we just magically yeah, um, fine. Has has literally just gone over her coughing. She's been coughing nonstop since Corona, bro. Like till now. It's, it's crazy, like, it's been, what, since December, we're talking before Christmas, and she's still been coughing till recently she stopped. Mm. Whereas, obviously, I, I think it was two weeks I was written off. Mm. Um, hold, that thought, hold that thought, Chris, press go. Yeah, it's been it's going already. <laughs> and then, like, we'll then go from there. Oh, yeah, it's, go, it's going already, we're going. Oh, okay, cool, so. Yeah, and then, so what was... um. When we started, I know that you messaged me like around the time we were looking at the totals for for everything. So that it was about like yeah. it was like a little bit over four weeks by the time it actually planned it. But what 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 was the timeline in terms of when you started to recover from from having COVID and then started training again? Um. So from what I remember, it was uh, I think a week or half a week and a half or two weeks before Christmas. Because I remember it was a little bit of a, a scramble of because um, obviously Taz got it initially and she was suffering. I was right, and then obviously I got it eventually. It was a weird story because um, Taz actually tested uh, negative, and then so I thought, okay, I thought I'd get a test too, assuming that it was going to be negative. Turns out I was positive. And then it was just a nightmare from there, really. And then um, just suffered from just crazy headaches. And I was just written off, mate. Like, we were talking Category D insurance claim written off, you know, done out, mate. So, um, like, because obviously I've, I've not, I've only had a few friends who go through it and they've described, each person's described it slightly differently. But obviously, because you're a real man, you've had man flu. Um, but, <laughs> On a level of like other illnesses or stuff like that or bits and pieces you've gone through, what's it's been like the most like the closest thing for you you can describe it like? Because like I've had like uh, I had the flu and that fucked me and I lost like seven to eight kilos. So is it like the flu? Is it? I mean, it well when we say the flu, it, it really depends because obviously this this new variant is very different to the the, the prior one, right? Uh, the one beforehand was a lot of coughing. This one is apparently a lot of headaches, and that's why I got. So it was just a lot of severe headaches, really, um, and I just felt weak, lost appetite. 
Uh, didn't eat much. Uh, felt really tired most of the time. Had some shivers here and now and then. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it done a number on me, but it wasn't something I couldn't deal with, if that makes sense. So it, it was something I could do, but it wasn't something um, something I could do. Something that I can cope with because I could just get through it and it's just like a whole pass, you know what I mean? But it did like put me out of action for a good while. Plus, obviously, I had to stay at. I literally stayed at home by myself during Christmas time. Like no, like my my my, my parents had to come to uh, Taz's house to drop off dinner to me, <laughs> and <laughs> I was just literally just at home watching uh, Netflix for two weeks on my lonesome. It was pretty pretty shit. Uh, so it took its uh, mental toll on me, but is what it is, isn't it? You know, it's life, right? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's one of those things. It's just the the, the 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 isolation and that alone. It's just that's for us. Yeah, that was whack. We are we are very active people out there coaching and things like that. To actually then be going mm. right now, stay inside and do fuck all. It's just yeah. like, it's like it must be like well, like pulling fucking teeth almost. I I experienced uh, how unfit I was when um, during that period of time, Christmas. Um, I had to nip out quickly to because um, I obviously got, I, I'm fortunate to have the garage gym. And um, I got a delivery sent there because it was, uh, I think it was uh, the waste tree. And I had to make sure that it was in the garage because the fe- basically the way it works is the, the fella that's, um, who owns the house, is that's the garage that I have is literally in the back of someone's house. And I have to pass around the side to go into the garage, right? And um, he had to take it in. And I, obviously I didn't want to give a, uh, be a burden to him. So I decided to cycle up there on uh, Taz's bike in the freezing and cold me um, during the mid midwinter time, and I tell you what, I knew how unfit I was because I was puffing out of my ass, mate. I was smart thought I was going to have a heart attack. So I definitely lost a lot of fitness in comparison to like, um, you know, before lockdown happened when we were training at BD and stuff, and how fit we all were and cracking on. It was it was very noticeable. Um, but yeah, done done me in, man. I can imagine that being quite humbling at the same time, just straight away. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Like this, this, yeah, this, yeah. this joke. I mean, it's, it, you know, it, it's just like being a, an athlete in itself. You always go to the lowest points an athlete sometimes when you have a hiatus and uh, being unfit. Um, and, you know, when you get back into training or just in general illness, you know, when you have a, a slight illness, I think obviously because of what COVID is, uh, does a number on your, uh, you know, your lung capacity and your aerobic system and your this capacity in your engine in itself. And um, I, I experienced that big time. You know, that's the fact that I was feeling tired just from moving around, walking at home. I think it says it all, you know. Yeah, massively, mate. So um, what was the, um, the driver then that kicked it off and then got you and Chris chatting about pushing? Um, um, I, was, I was feeling better. Obviously, this, I think where I can't remember exactly because early January I think um, uh, English weightlifting uh, British weightlifting posted up on Instagram about uh, the deadline of those that are interested to do the Commonwealth trials um, if they want to get involved and obviously prior to the lockdown and stuff what did, what did I I snatched 120 plus cleaned 150 uh, so I was like 270-ish 
uh, total. And the qualifiers to two, seven, eight for the 81s. And I just picked them up, thought to myself, you know what? Let me, obviously, I had a little look. When was the Because I was like, oh, you know, this might be my last chance, you know, not getting any younger, you know, um, and this might be the last run or trying to do something because it's obviously the last few years of my weightlifting career. Obviously, I was pretty active and then all of a sudden it was like a lot of hiatuses and because of becoming self-employed and uh, Nichols injuries, just life took over. Um, and yeah, so I thought, you know what, fuck it, what have I got to lose? As soon as I saw 278 total and I made his speed uh, on the, the DMs on Instagram and then I was like, shall we do it? And then you know, I think he was like, yeah, you know, come let's do it, you know what I mean? I was like, fuck it, let's go for it, you know what I mean? And this was like, what, one, two or three days before the deadline, which was, what was the deadline? 31st of December or something? Like that? No, it was 27th of December. It was like the last week in December where we had to hand like all of our forms in for like uh, applications of interest. So I think, yeah, I think we did it. I think I oh, that was like the only time I think I'd done anything early in my life. I think I'd done it like a week before. And then <laughs> there was like a few people who'd been like, there's a few other people from Rony who were like, oh, should I do it? I was like, if you go to, you need to hand it in now. And then like, yeah, yeah. I had that last minute rush of people just handing stuff in. Let, let me not lie. I think it was, um, I saw it and I, I, had, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it for like a good week. Uh, and then I think the last second, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Why I got to lose? You know what I mean? I I, I gave it a good go. And um, and I know I could pull it off. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I have in my foundations, you know? And I thought, let's just do it. So, mm. yeah, I think, I think that's... And I think that's what got the fire going because I thought it would be like... I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I had my doubts. I was 50-50. But the fact that I knew what I am what my body is capable of and what my mindset is capable of, I thought, let's just do it. Let's, let's go for it and just commit and try and get some consistency because I just knew it would light my fire kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, what were the sort of first steps that obviously, like, we've all been ill or had something or injuries and stuff like that, so we know we've already got, like, a preset, like, Chris has got his back issues every now and again, I've got mine on my knee, and I know that if I tweak something, this is usually my sort of follow-up steps to pushing forward and bringing myself back into a condition to lift. Obviously with this, we've got nothing, we've got no fucking idea. So like mm. where, where did, did you and Chris sit down and go for a program together? Was it more sort of inspired by yourself from previous performances or did you have to tackle stuff slightly differently because of obviously the lung capacity issues and knowing that recovering between sets is just going to be, well, you, you probably sounded like me between most sets where I do one rep and I'm almost dead. <laughs> like, like, how, how did you sort of address it and look at it? Uh, first of all, give yourself more credit, you mate. You're doing <laughs> wonders, mate. Trust me. You talk, you talk yourself down too much, mate. I don't, I don't like hearing it. It was a mixture of things, really. Um, I knew for the fact that the fact that uh, Speed's programming me, uh, I knew I could trust the process. And plus, that's one thing off of my back that I'm not dealing with myself. Yeah. Because the, obviously, being back, uh, if I can step back a little bit. Um, so when I went to the British in 2018, that was, I obviously listened for Palestine, but that was me programming. 
I program myself for all of that. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I pro I programmed all my all myself completely. Um, the only the only things I took from Palace was obviously Keith coaching me in terms of like technique, but all my all that programming was all me, and um, I, I knew how much of a burden that was. It was stressful to deal with. Um, so the fact that speed was there to program me in the build-up I obviously I had to trust the process in itself because uh, it's the first time me and him worked together working towards like some sort of competition um uh, but it's a load up on my back that's the first thing uh the second thing I thought to myself what can I change lifestyle wise um that I wasn't really doing so obviously going for the basics sleep trying to sleep as much as possible to increase my recovery getting the food on point trying to eat uh obviously saw on instagram the big porridge bowls that helped me a lot um getting that's like two thousand calories in, in the first thing in the morning and having a hey, meals your, your, your porridge stuff actually got me back on it so i've been i've been smashing the porridge yeah. massing the last five six weeks myself so oh uh, yeah good. Much difference during the day like makes oh, a difference to the start today especially for me like i would normally skip breakfast and go straight into lunch so it's like me actually shoving it down my throat is actually a mate so, it does wonders Definitely, I think because um, there, there's loads of different things that I had to manipulate. Uh, for example, um, because I had morning clients, I had to get to bed early. Set, yeah. You know, usual the usual stuff like set an alarm on my phone. Right, time to get to bed. Um, first thing in the morning, usually I start like eight. I tried to. I literally told my clients. I said, "All right, this is the schedule. I have to sort out the schedule out." So this space made it routine. Little things like making sure I, I usually drink, I drove, no, drove, drove, I can't even speak properly. Um, <laughs> I drank about half a litre of water in the morning as well, warm water that helped me to wake up. Then I would have um, a coffee uh, and then I'll have my, my porridge. Um, and then in the, the after my clients are done, I'd have lunch. Then I'd go and have a nap. And then I'd go train, come back, eat, get ready, go sleep. And that was literally the routine every day. Um, and yeah, and then made, obviously made sure like stuff like on, on certain days I'd have time for myself to allow me to psychologically recover from like the burden of routine and stuff. Um, but all those little things helped a lot. And plus obviously the guys of the speed in itself yeah. helped a lot. Just I think the fact that we, because we kind of bounce off each other, you know, and you, you probably know what he's like as well yeah. you can just take off of, uh, everything that's needed from him in the process and um yeah just all those little things and you know it, it, it helped a lot really i think just the fact that this is switched on i think i think i needed the competition i think that's what i needed and it, it showed because it's relit the fire for me it's almost like we we're just you know i think lockdown obviously taking its toll on everyone the fact there's been lack of competitions and it's almost like to the point where everyone's just taking over but the fact that this competition came about and it's something to aim towards and you know uh, you know from from early i've always kind of been the underdog so it's it's almost like doing the near impossible and i'm used to doing stuff like that so yeah i think that and that's what gets me going to be honest with you yeah so yeah that's good then, mate. So how moving forward into that then, so what was your sort of, how did 
Chris, how did you sort of like look at programming Forge and all that? What were your um, sort of like sort of points to touch on straight away? Um, I think the point to touch on straight away is that everyone that's had COVID so far, I kind of always, always go through the checklist of like, so you, is your breathing affected all the time or just some of the time? Because like being asthmatic and having it not controlled for the first like probably like 16, 17 years of, of life was a fucker for me. So if you just had a stage of, of, of like training in the year where you couldn't breathe properly and it'd always be rugby season because it was cold, then yeah. it, it makes a massive difference to your work capacity because you can't oxygenate yourself properly. So as soon as he was like, to be honest, I'm tired, but I can breathe properly. Heart rate and all that stuff was pretty regular. That was fine. Like with both Jamal and Dan Howard, it was a case of once their breathing was okay and their heart rate was like back down to more or less regular. So, okay, cool. So I know even if you're deconditioned, you can train. Whereas everyone else who's had the issues where it's like, oh, I still have trouble breathing. Like, you know, someone can be like two room, two doors down in the house and they can hear me breathing from the other room. And my heart rate's up. It's like, well, we need to wait for that to come back down. We have to guide that back down before... Um, anything happened so the fact that his cardiovascular system was okay like your aerobic system was okay made a massive difference because then I know you'll, you'll recover from stuff pretty normally uh, the other thing was Jamal's very much a competition lifter so if you say you've got to do three kilos up at this meet on what you did last time he'll go right well I'll do it like even if like just for like transparency there was like some lifts where he'd be like training before this on like a Saturday and he'd show me some of this and be like I missed this and it would be like his opener and I'd be like it's, it's high enough it'll be there on the day you've just got in your head and it was there on the day and then like five, six kilos more was there on the day. So that's a massive plus, which I know that a lot of people have like talked about already, like Justin from Worldpower talks about all the time. It's like being a competition lifter is a massive bonus and being a competition lifter, regardless of whether it's virtual or in person is also helped a lot. And the main thing is that we already knew kind of what he needed to be able to hit the numbers that he's hit because he's hit those numbers before, even if it's only in training. So you're not trying to do something new where like, you're not sure how your body's going to respond to it. If it was like, right, Chris, I've got to hit 140, 170 in, 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 in eight weeks. It's like, right, well, this is going to be a bit of trial and error because we've not done this with you yet. But when it's like, I've got to hit within about 95% of what I've done all the time, absolutely fine. We just need to make sure that your num that the other supporting numbers, such as like your squats and your deadlifts, generally the volume that you need to do is there. And then it should, it, as long as your head's right, it should turn out okay on the day, which it did. So it's very much, you're trying to just gather what you can of like the old processes that he's gone through before and go, what is the absolute minimum we can do in this four weeks to guarantee that you're going to get that? And being on a competition platform as best as we could set it up um, at the centre in Stratford made it so that it was as much like a, as a competition as you're going to get it in that situation, which I think also made a difference because you go yeah, from... That's, a, that's yeah. an interesting fact because I know you and me have discussed it before about the, um, the online side of this. How, because obviously I think how did you actually get around creating any kind of atmosphere and stuff like that? Was it just a case of like X, X lifter jumped on the platform and just worked their way up or yeah, was it? Like, um, it was really simple. Man. So just for like, just, just to kind of like, obviously disclaimer first, we all work at the gym that like we're at. I rent the gym, like it's a Roman yeah. facility. So if anyone wants to jump in and be like, why are you at a gym? We all work there. Yeah. Which is the first thing. <laughs> the next thing is that the way that we're set up, it's very spacious in that because the CrossFit box we're next to, they're just not there. We could move our, our competition platform, the other side of this little wooden separator we have. You warm up one side, then you walk into the other. You have music in the warm-up room, the warm-up room, quote-unquote, and then you lift in the other. So, oh, so the, the lifting platform was on the, the CrossFit side and the normal area. It's not even necessarily about... It was, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, we can make it more of a competition experience, but it's literally just a novelty of it. Like, the amount of world records you'll see from the older videos, like in the early 2000s, where... 
people are lifting at their nationals, but it's in a fucking sports hall with 10 people there. It's the novelty of it. And it's about making it an event, which matters. Like, um, have you, uh, I never know what is it. If you're from Belarus, do you call it, Be- are you Belarusian? Um, so. Yeah, I think, yeah. Something, yeah. So, um, uh, so um, Rom now and Rybakov, when they hit what I'm pretty sure were at least unofficial world records, they did it at Belarusian nationals. I'm pretty sure they're the only two lifters there. They're on a platform in sports and in a basketball. Yeah, done the same thing with Lasher. When they, yeah. I think they did the George, they did like a closed Georgian nationals when he went there. He did that 221, 222, whatever it was. Yeah, you've got three guys like, standing there that you train with. Yeah, it, was like, he's, it was like his coach, the physio that's always with him, um, the bloke that's his doppelganger that I think is doing all the drug tests for him, um, <laughs> and like a handful of other people. And that was it. There was like, there was no one there. So it's, yeah, I think that's a massive thing. And it's, it's, that's one of those things. It's like the way I'm looking at it for like when I've got to do it, it's like, how are you going to create that almost that fire in your belly to go? Cause it's, it's not another training session, even though we try to treat it like one, you still need to have that feel and to have like a warm up room and then to walk around and actually do the lifts. <clears throat> it gives you that yeah. little bit of a kick up. the arm. And it's working out so that the same as if you have like a, a rugby game or a football game at home. Yeah. It's the same conditions. It's the same pitch size, roughly. It's the same, everything but it's going to be different because you can control a lot more because you're, you've got home advantage when you go to a competition no one like a big competition at nationals no one has fucking home advantage you've got to go to a stadium you've never been to before you've got to try and navigate the you know the absolute maze to get to the weigh-in room and all this you can literally control everything for your own competition so as much as you want to make it okay so on a competition i'd normally have short ball here platform there judges here people load in you can control most of that and most people i think have been lucky enough where like if they've had to sneak people in or they've got a partner or they've got someone who works at the gym that they're lifting out to can load the bar for them to make it a little bit easier. Like Omar and um, Omar Christian and Solomon basically all fucking bubbles together. Like they all lived in the same house. So for their competition, they at least yeah. have to load for them. Do you know what I mean? So there's that co- aspect of it. But what competition can you put up your own flag, put up your own branding, have your own warm-up room and know, the, and know that you're warming up on the platform that you would normally train on when like, you know, gyms are open and then you can have the music on as loud and there's exactly what you want and change the song for each one of your lips. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there are some advantages to it. And I think when virtual competitions are still a thing leading into May and maybe a month or two after that, depending on what BWL do, I think you will have a very massive advantage for some people because you'll be able to get people in your club competing with each other, but then you can literally control all the other variables that make the environment less dead. Because we've all been to competitions before where you'll walk out and like, you know, you're going for a big lift, you know, you've got Mobamba or you've got like, you know, Chief Keith, or you've got like, you know, Diggity in your headphones. You take your headphones off to get the chalk bowl and fucking Timber by like Pitbull's playing. And you're just like, oh Christ. <laughs> and then the crowd's dead, you look up and then like one one time you might get Solomon or you and Yenin at you if you're lucky or not. And then there's someone eating crisps in row D and like you're trying to chalk me under, do you know what I mean? So like there, there's like, um, things you can get rid of to make it a better experience. To give you like the, the, the great example of that is I think I was um it's on that run for my snatch last year and uh the music cut out and um who was it at BD fucking said something just as I went to pull 120 and I missed it. I can't remember what just that deathly silence and someone says something and it just fucks up everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> Will it hurt John? Just just my break the fire to floor is like net net and I'm just like what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, you you are exactly right. But it's um it's one of those things, it's like to have the advantage to sort of hold that in the running centre and do that must be is, is a massive thing. And like hopefully I'll be I'll be able to use that when I come up for my online comp in a couple well, in a good few weeks. So I've still got a little while to go for it. So yeah. 
Um, I think that definitely definitely helped for me as well with uh, the simulation of it becoming like a real competition. And this, it's like almost that mental bit manipulation and uh, obviously graphic imagery of thinking to yourself, okay, you're going to have to go out and you, I, like, I literally could see people watching me, you know, when I walked out. Yeah, it's weird. I made it more, you know. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that to, to, to try, it's the reason why you, you, you practice these things in those environments and it's also good. Mm-hmm. Like all, all, all of us are promoters behind us about going to train in different environments and with different people because you can never, it's a real simple thing. Like if you go to lower and you're not the quickest there, they've got five Lico bars, a fucking ZKG bar. Got, there's so many different other little factors. And if you're not lucky enough at one point, Mike would have competition bumper plates on three of the platforms, but for a while he would have some really crappy uh, crumble plate ones. So it's, um, and I don't know if you know you two didn't compete at it like um, another one where it's like where you need to go and experience stuff who's there's a lifter that um, oh god George was coaching out of Hackney short guy short 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 uh, uh, absolute oh, short Bethel Green from Hackney did you say he was, a, he was a Hackney lifter but like this was a competition at, uh, at Colchester so Essex CrossFit did um, had um, Essex weightlifting in their little area like like what we've got with Dawn and they held a competition and I was it's a very very well run competition but I was always like a little bit anti my guys lifting in it because everyone would warm up on again faster bars with the big truck tire plates mm. and then you'd have to go lift straight away on a competition Alico bar and set and it would it would screw it screwed me up when i'd done it it's the reason why i never did it again and it was it was the fact being that you'd go out with, with we've all three of us have used them before where you've had those big truck tires on you get 120 or 130 on that bar and it becomes a wobbly piece of bamboo Whereas if you have got the comp plates on, you don't have that. Then all of a sudden you go straight onto the platform and you're lifting on brand spanking new Alico kit. And it throws you. And it threw this lifter. Um, Ramsey beat him in the end, I think it was. But this guy, he he warmed up on all the truck plate tyres, went out to actually do his opening snatch and just couldn't snatch it. Just for the fact being that he was, it was the differences between the two. So I absolutely love a truck plate tyre, mate. Have you seen um, <laughs> his, um, when he was doing his run up to the 200 kilo snatch, he had loads of like... um. He did loads of vlogs where it's just basically him lifting at seminars. And one of them's like him doing, I think it's like he's poor snatching. He's trying to do like 180 for like a double and he keeps missing it. When they show the slow-mo, the, the, the tractor tires make it whip so much. The bar step is in the air and it does this, but it doesn't yeah. down. It just does this. So when he puts himself under it, then just does this. And I think like, I honestly think they make jerks and snatches the easiest thing in the world to pull. Like, awful, like it punch him in the face like, repeatedly. I, I swear to God, I could probably take it out of rig. I could probably jerk one seventy with those plates just to get the, the bar with it. It'd be there. But I think I'd cr- I'd crumble underneath it. But the um, I'd catch it probably. Knowing me, but yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Getting yourself out there in different environments helps massively when it comes to scenarios like this, where you're going to lift in a. It's a friendly environment, but still slightly different. But then the continuation of it being competition ready as well is, is, is massively helpful to our lifters and people that are involved with us. So it's, it's, it's a good thing and a good thing moving forward that we can do that as well. I think it's funny that um, with, with you saying that, are you referring to within competition from warming up from uh, a set of barbells and a uh, place to another yeah. uh, when you're, okay, what about like training up to it? Because... I used the, the mirror fit stuff, didn't I? And I thought that helped me uh, going to the, the, 
the Myrofit plates, I've seen them, they're not, they're very, very similar to um, the plates that I use at Absolute Gym in Chumpsford. Okay. Even though they're, they're, they're bumper plates, they're not, oh, we've all been to um, Wit and Trained and they've got those Alico 25s yeah. that literally could fit on a fucking car. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we. That's what they. That's what they were using. Oh, okay. Are you talking about the like the actual like the CrossFit looking? Yeah, no, the okay. CrossFit yeah, bumpers. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure with like um normal rubber plates, like even the Mirafit ones, where they're like a little bit thicker, all the weight centrated towards the middle. Like you can kind of feel it when you pick it up, all the weights in the middle. Whereas the CrossFit tires, um, the Alico ones, especially the reason they make them like that is so all the forces disperse, so they don't make noise. And if you drop them on like. Because most people, if they buy a really nice bar and button those bumpers, then they're not going to get proper thick rubber flooring. So it's made so when you drop it, it doesn't damage the bar, which is why they bounce up so fast. But then because of that, it means the weight's really nicely distributed across the whole tyre. Yeah. Instead of it just being centred through the bar. So if you even notice it, like if you get two bumpers on there from those like tractor tyres, then they, it starts doing this. Like really quickly. Whereas like normally, if you have like competition plates, what? You've got to get to... I mean, you get some whip out of like 120, but it's not a lot. Like once you get like mm. 160 on there, it starts doing this. Yeah. Whereas with the tractors, like 140 is like this. It's like wobbling everywhere. I think that yeah. makes sense as well. I experienced it when I, I went to train with um, a friend who's got a, um, she works for an apparel company and they've got uh, their own little private gym. So I trained there a little while, not during these lockdown phases, but a while ago with the, and um, I found it so hard to get my head around. I was I was taking jumps up to do like a 130, 135 clean and just my bar just literally just turned into a bamboo stick. <laughs> like I, could, I couldn't, especially with the way that I was cleaning back then, I was still being a bit of a bellend and trying to be a hip cleaner. So I was literally smashing seven shades of shit out of it off my hips and then it just wobbling all the way up till I caught it. So. Yeah, you, you've got to have a solid solid torso for, for those uh, big big bumper plates, mate. Well, yeah, mate. Well, <laughs> thankfully I have. I've got my, my, love, <laughs> my tubbiness absorbed it well. But again, it's one of those things, it's like, don't to touch on what you're saying about training into i think it's fine if you were to like like the for example if i look at my training and like yours where you're using non sort of like competition style plates in the gym and you're at home where i'm, at, I'm in the gym chumpsford that's fine all the way up but when i get mm. to competition i know that i'm yep. going to lift on comp plates so yeah. then i start my, my warm-up no matter where i've been at palace uh bethnal uh, down, when I did the British, everything was uniform the same. So when you, when you, once you start warming up with a bar and get a weight on the bar, it doesn't fuck with your head. But then if you use something mm. completely different to completely different, it fucks with your timings. Especially if you yeah. think, especially the weights that that guy and Ramsey were throwing around, they were, I think, cleaning 160, 170 or something along the lines of that. And you can imagine loading up those those truck tyres on it and it, the, the bar's almost like, um, I was watching him lift because I was watching George just trying to learn as much as I can out of someone like George. Um, as he was pulling the bar, the bar, it was like watching an elephant bar deadlift at a strongman comp. The bar was bending <laughs> before the thing came off the floor. So it was like, then you go do this, the, the, the same weight on the platform and it wasn't doing that at all. So it's, it's, it's an interesting one. So but I, I find that's, that, that uniqueness and continued stuff works really well if, you, if you're lucky enough to be able to do it, which we are. So Yeah. I, I think those plates are only good for uh, for uh, pictures. Someone is. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Like, when you get like photos and stuff, like if you have like one or two of those plates on, even if it's like a ten, it just looks like a hundred. Whereas like, mate, 
Like you're breaking a world record, mate. Oh, bro, like, I remember um, me and Laura went to like a gym once. I'm not going to say where because like everyone will immediately know what company it is. But like, um, <laughs> there was these guys doing a photo shoot and he was like, oh, um, what do you want me to do? Shoulder press. I was like, oh, my max is about this. That will look decent if I do it. But like, that's going to be a lot if you've got to take a lot of photos. I'm like, oh, well, what have we got? It? Well, if you just whack the green ones on and then do deadlifts, like, no one's going to know the difference. It's like, everyone's going to know that's 40 and it's not going to look as good. Whereas the guy I think was like, oh, I could do like, I can do like 220. And like, he was quite a small, like lean guy. So I was like, oh, that's pretty decent. And he was like, oh, I can load it up to this, but that's going to be hard if I've got to keep holding it and pulling it back up and down. I'll look a mess after we're finished. And he said, oh, we'll just put those ones on. And then he went like, oh, what about those fake ones? You know, the big two and a halves. And I was like, everyone will know what those are. You will have to Photoshop them. <laughs> So Gareth did that similar. You remember when men was men was training people out of um oh Christ, a CrossFit gym. Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. They, oh, they, um, not CrossFit evolving. Say again. CrossFit evolving. That's the no, one. No, no so it was another one, but I can't, I can't remember what it was called. This this gym was fucking huge. It was absolutely ridiculous. Athos or Athos or something like that. They've they've moved they've moved uh, places there. But me and Gareth went down with a session for men, and Gareth found like what must have been about 10 to 20 sets of the two and a half kilo bumper plates. They had like all of them in the world. I don't understand why they needed that many. And Gaz loaded the bar up with like two twenty, what was like 220 and just started doing back squats. Mm-hmm. He goes, I'll record me from behind. No one will see it. I'm like, you're such a dick. It's like everyone knows mm-hmm. two and a half, G. It's like, what are you trying to do? It'll be for the gram. No one will know. I'm like, yeah, sure, mate. <laughs> so moving forward, so like into the competition phase, during, like, obviously, it's the first time you worked with Chris. Was there anything that you started to do that was... Because obviously you said, like, same as myself, it's like when, when I get Chris to sort of convince me to sort of do things. Was there anything that he threw at you, you thought, well, fuck, that's left field? Like, that's not what I've done. Uh, was n- nothing really surprised you? or Because you two have known each other quite a long time now as well, so it's... You've seen yeah. how it works. I think... I had in my mind how I would build up to a, pro, uh, to a competition. And obviously, I think my, my way is different to his, but I knew what to expect because I know how Speed kind of programs now. And I, I see how he programs and stuff. And I know it's going to be like a lot of variety and it's going to be very, in my opinion, very alternative uh, based on and it's, it's his style. So I was accepting of that. Ready from, from deciding to get programmed for him, I accepted the fact that his style is going to be very different from mine, but I, I use that as a, an advantage because I, I'm, I'm learning from it as well. Because I, I don't think I'd find myself doing something uh, with a variety or different. I, I, I kind of know what works for me, but the fact that I would like to experience something different, build up the competition, um, it was it was accepting. So I was, I was kind of trying to be open-minded and open arms a bit. Um, like, obviously, a typical build-up would be very traditional, really. Uh, trying to get as heavy as possible. Bit of building up threes and twos and ones. Uh, focusing on the areas that are the problem areas. Um, and just trying to get as strong as physically fucking possible, basically, mate. Whereas, obviously, with his... his I think it was... Um, I think it was the last week. The last the last heavy week before and then a few days off uh, before the competition. Um, he was, it was, I can't remember what exactly it was, but it, it, it made me go a bit heavy. And I had, I had I, I'm not going to lie, I was thinking, right, this is a bit mad, but I'll, I'll, let me just do it, innit? I'll just crack on, see what happens, you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I really set myself for this competition that it's, it's whatever happens, happens. 
if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It is what it is. I don't, I don't really mind at all. You know what I mean? Uh, just for the fact that it allows me to experiment. And obviously, it turned out well. So, no. Yeah. Also, no the nature of this comp as well. I mean, me and Chris touched on before is the the element of actually being able to play the game of chess with your fellow competitors has been took away. So you mm. don't know, like, what you're like. If it was, if it was truly live, it'd be that one of those things. So you, we're all going into the complete unknown. So it's like mm. you, you're just going to go right. That's the best version of me today. Yeah, exciting thing is, is, is we can look at that and like you, you being a game day guy, it's like you'll fucking level up even more in the next one. We actually go toe to toe. Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. I was like, oh, like that's kind of a disadvantage to me because you said it obviously the, the manipulation of your own venue and this now versus an advantage. It's an advantage in itself, but for me personally, I like the competitiveness. Like Chris, Chris, Chris knows uh, of some of my. I told him some of my experiences being in, in the warm up pool and stuff. And I thrive on it and I like it. It's like, that is what gets me going and what gets the most out of me. Um, so the, the fact that I'm able to lift that and I'm not in the element or in the environment that I thrive on, this motivates me more because it just makes me, you know, I just want to get out there and start competing with people, um, you know. And I think that's what's kind of helped me in a lot of competitions in the past is just the fact that more time look I'm, I'm a very I feel a quiet soul you know just to myself I'm very reserved so not much people know about me so I usually tend to be like I said the underdog because no one really knows I'm I don't know if I'm mysterious but not many people <laughs> know about me you know what I mean so no, no you, you do like even though like the, the, the years that we've known each other you've always been the the quiet guy it's just like mm. you just crack on. You just you don't say much to the people that you don't need to talk to, and you, you keep you keep shit to yourself, and you just crack on. And it's you're absolutely important on point with that. I'd say yeah. From now on, you are going to be Mister Mysterious to me. <laughs> I mean, actually, speak louder than words, man. Yeah, you know? but, mate, and you're bang on with that. At the end of the day, you you turn up and you 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 literally fucking shredded it. And then to hear what you went and hit, and actually what you did, it was like considering like everything that we're. It's one thing to like for, for us, you, me, and Chris are very similar in the context that we thrive in a training environment with people around us. Usually, mm. usually it's me trying to, and it's obviously I'm not having to dig at myself here. These are facts. It's me trying to keep up with you two. Um, but that I take as a positive because it makes me pull my finger at my ass and actually go, you can achieve these things. And then to watch you and Chris then go toe to toe. So to then have that took away. That's a hell of a thing to be able to then train through that after being ill in an environment that's not normal to us and still hit the numbers that you hit. It's like it's mind blowing to a certain extent. It's like I, I look at what I'm achieving in my, own, in my back garden. It's like I can't bloody wait to get back in and see you guys because mm -hmm. I know as soon as you two are there to call me out on my bullshit, um, I'll probably throw up something quite good. So it's how have you found like that the, the, the training on your own? I know your missus may have been there to a certain extent, but like you training on your own and you're responsible yeah. for getting yourself up for stuff. It was that was challenging. There, there was lots of times and lots of days I'm like, fuck this man, I don't want to go in. You know what I mean? It's fucking trash. Like more, more time I, I accept the fact that most like this is not really a good practice to have, but I accept the fact that if I get a training session done, it gets done. But it may not be a good session. It might be a bit scatty. Obviously, leading up to competition, I, I have to make it as I, I set standards for myself and I get very frustrated. 
uh, I, I, you know, again on, on Instagram, I posted a little story of me dashing my uh, <laughs> my wrist wraps and swearing and cussing the blind in, and I did. Yeah, it was a lot like that. There were situations where I was just getting, I was getting pissed off because I, I needed to hit the standards in my head. I mean, I told to myself, I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get what I need to get done or get these numbers because it, what what was the craziest thing? I, um, one thing we didn't mention is obviously you got two seven eight. 278 was the qualifying total for the, the Commonwealth Games uh, trial um, training training squad. And then I think a week later, uh, Speed messaged me. He's like, you think you've seen this 284? Yeah, yeah, you're good for that. I'm like, fuck it, Bill. That's such a good impression of him as well. That's exactly how we <laughs> Literally, it, 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 it was in the DM, so I didn't hear a voice of I can, I can imagine him typing it like that. In your head, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, is this guy trying to kill me? But I thought, you know what? Fuck it, why not? In it? I'm ready to go for 278. That, I, I, I knew 278 was possible, but when 284 came, I was like, fuck it, now this is going to be even, even less possible. But I thought, you know what? 27, as long as I get 278, I'm happy. And I managed to get, two, obviously, I managed to get 284, which was good in the bonus. Um, obviously, unfortunately, with the European scene, is they're only allowed to bring four athletes because of the COVID restrictions and whatnot. But uh, going back to what we're talking about, I think I set very high standards. Taz was amazing as well. Um, she helped me a lot. She she was like giving me tips, like you know, saying telling me this and that and other because obviously she she was trained other men, so she yeah. learned a lot, learned a lot of things and cues and stuff because of men. And she was applying it to me and you know and i'm again i'm open-minded despite uh mate you have to be uh, mad things like i was i was yeah. in, the, in the in the lockdown in essex um my uh, my ex friend she lived around the corner and um she spent more time lifting with me than probably well outside of you guys just probably about the most in the met and she she's a two years into the sport but like having her there with me and then her in yeah. the gym it's like it's really hard because like i'm that far away from your guys sorry i'm that close to you guys but that quite far away that to come up every day is just it's not an option so yeah. to have someone who knows like oh you do this because of this reason fix it and it's like it's Whoa. such a, it's such a godsend to have because the amount yeah, of time that she, she stopped me from freaking out in the gym she's like mm. you, pulled, you pulled your shoulders back early i'm like okay cool yeah and then having like you say trusting that person implicitly well, that's it. Is, 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 is the even bigger thing so it's such a handy thing to have if you're that lucky yeah no that 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 definitely helped for yeah taz was uh a godsend she helped me uh, a lot you know and just kept me ticking over and keeping my mind right um with that as well obviously having the music getting the music going um that's a big you know, thing. Music, music is important to me. Yeah, music is so important. After, and, you know, I was trying to, to the point where if I kept playing the same thing, I had to just switch off completely the power ballads to, to rock music, done the, the playlist thing, uh, the Instagram yeah. and stuff, whatever kept me taking over and going and, and trying to have fun with it. Yeah. No, it um, it's, like, it's oddly like every time Ash keeps telling me down at uh, BD, it's like, Every time I did something like or hit one of my PBs, it was to drill music, and I'm like, mate, I've got no fucking clue what drill is. Chris has got his like, I can't I, for the life of me, I will never know what the name. Of the song is. Chris has got his like his little PB song that he puts on all the time that someone needs. Wait, 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 wait. 
it's like it does make such a difference. Like usually oh, on my own, it would be like um, I dig out a bit of Rob Bailey and Hustle Standard, and that sort of like gets me a little bit angry, and gets me ready. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, that music is definitely a big part of getting me going. Uh, even in the when we done the competition day, I was I was setting the like that was the first time I actually controlled the playlist a little bit because um, I, I just needed it and I was trying to get myself revved up. It's, 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 um, it's the one thing that like at BD when we do that we do have like it's, the music there's great but we have little control that gets played. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> it's usually um, the um the little. So I don't, I don't know if anyone's figured it out, but um, you can obviously join sessions together. So you can like scan a barcode, like a QR code of someone else's phone. Uh, and then, but obviously, because Damon and Zara sometimes like, swap shifts, if Damon's in and Ash gets that that scan code before you and then he leaves, you can't control it. You can't get the desk. But if, if Ash came in in the mood, I think he came in the mood on what did he want? He just wanted to listen. He really wanted to listen to Jennifer Lopez and Michael Jackson. That's all we listened to. And it was a lovely time. It was just very odd because you've obviously got, you know, when all everyone first started buying the BD um, training shorts and they didn't realise how small they were. So you've just got loads of like power, like baggy T-shirts just kind of like bopping around to Jennifer Lopez. And obviously like everyone's kind of like, obviously talking about, oh yeah, yeah, stay safe, distance, wash your hands. And then you walk in there and there's just Ash and Westy walking around in what looks like pants, singing Jennifer Lopez at the top of their lungs. It's just like... If it you in there, like, like, I think you would think, what the fuck is this madhouse? It's also the flip sometimes of how the genre of music would change massively. Like, if Damo was in and all of a sudden, disturbs on, and you're like, yes, this is fucking awesome for me. And then it flipped to some weird country shit that Ash wanted to listen to. It's like, I, it was- I think that's good, personally. <laughs> I, like the, I like the whole, uh, minus, sorry, minus the country shit, I don't like country, but um, just in terms of... Lil Nas. Lil Nas for country is all right, but that's about as far yeah, as I can. Yeah, that's about it, yeah. You know what I mean? That's as far as, you, as we go, but the fact that uh, it's, it's such a variation. I think that helps as well. It, it's like a, it's almost like a mental stimulus of like because you get repetitive, you play the same stuff again. Yeah, like, I didn't realize that um, apparently, like if you have like a apart from I think classical music, well, certain classical music can be like can get you going, but I think it's like if you like that kind of music, that's what get elevates your heart rate and gets you going. Whereas if you don't really like it and you put some slower like BPM stuff on, it will calm you down because you don't really you don't really care for it that much. You know what I mean? I think it's yeah. so. Then, if you put on yeah, super heavy stuff you don't like, then it agitates you. I, I weirdly <laughs> had a crazy session once at um, my old gym that I was working at. I was in there on my own, and I put on the uh, soundtrack to Batman, uh, The Dark Knight, or something like that. And I, it was just literally, it was like the orchestral soundtrack. Mate, I went into such a fucking zone. <laughs> it was absolutely fucking nuts. Like, know, I think I PB'd that day on cleaning job. No, that sounds major, man. But it was just like, it was like classical music. So it's, it's weird, but like setting environments is massively huge. I know we've touched on the point like that, but like to go to music, so sort of like what's your to go to music, Chris? Um, mine changes across time. And I think I definitely like, I feel like it's a bit like a training stimulus. Like you can only do a certain type of training for so long before you have to change things. So I've started just making different Ronin playlists and then send them out to see if they're like any good. So I've already got like a kind of a drill and rap one, which is basically just full of Digga D and like Chief Keith and stuff. Then there's one that's kind of like, I don't know really how to describe it. It's kind of like older school rap. So it's like mumble rap, like old school Migos or like Kendrick Lamar. And then just a house playlist, which is the one that I can play for the longest before I just go, no, I can't listen to it anymore. Because I think it's a little bit easier because it's just at a constant level. Whereas if you put on like Mo Bamba, then you put on Woi 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 by Digga D and then you put on Chief Keef, don't like, and then you put on like, do you know what I mean? Then it, you just get like so hyped and so tired out so quickly. But I think for... I've, I've learned for snaps and cleaning jerks like in competition unless I'm like really tired like I'm proper fucked 
So I need to get up for it. I need to have something that's going to keep me fairly level because I've seen that like, I've seen, I've had the feeling of it myself before when I've gone to competitions and done really well, not expected. It has been the ones where I've just been like almost shoved out on the platform and gone, Oh, you've got to go. And I've been like, Oh, fuck. All right. And I've just been like, calm, calm myself down and going, Oh, okay, cool. Right. I just need to focus and then, you know, hit my shapes and hopefully it'll be all right. And just been calm. The days I've gone out there and done a Ewan and tried to hype myself up, I've just chucked it over my head. And like right. that, the, right. um, that uh, what's the Ukrainian, Sergei, Sergei, Sergei? So I was saying he's like, obviously with guys, the, the temptation is you'll get so hyped up, you didn't just don't move properly. And I've definitely... Yeah, yeah. Before. Was, that, was it, it was, uh, as a result pre-workout or something like that. I, I don't know about that one. I, like, I like... It, 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 Hit and miss in it, you know what I mean? Sometimes it works for people. Like, I, I took pre-workout and it, it worked for me, you know. I think pre-workout's uh, one of these weird things. It's like, uh, I'm sure it was either Greg Everett or Dave Spitz who said, no, it was Everett, manage your caffeine. If you yeah. do not take pre-workout, the worst thing you can do or drink coffee is take that before you do a competition because oh, you're then putting yourself into a scenario where you're, you're going into the unknown. Whereas if you use pre-workout quite consistently and you're used to using it, Carry on bloody using it as long, obviously, as long as it's stuff that's not going to get you popped. Zach actually gave the best tip on that. He used to do it where he'd obviously have basically the same as any weightlifting, go to a weightlifter, which is borderline abuse caffeine year round. Then the week of a competition, he'd basically just go to only drinking like one black coffee a day and then none two days before. And he said, You literally feel like nothing is ever going to be okay ever again. And you feel like you, <laughs> or you feel like your head's going to fall out of your ass. And then all of a sudden, when you have caffeine on the day, you're literally just switched on. I think for some people, like, I feel like if you get a decent pre-workout, right, it will help to focus you because it's a it's a it's a cognitive stimulant. So like if you can actually harness it, you'll be able to focus more. And when you have something mm-hmm. that makes you more energetic, it increases your pain threshold, it increases the amount of work you can do. Uh, but you can if you can focus on it, a fucking course is gonna make you more better. When you get some people, you give it to them. Like um, I don't know if anyone knows who Jahan is, but full fat milk, go and follow him on Instagram. Um, does some very good skits on his Instagram. Um, but he like took him a pre-workout once that Ash had. And it was like a wider approved one. It just had like three, 400 milligrams of caffeine in it. He did one top set of deadlifts. He just went bar, 100 kilos, two plates, 180 kilos, four plates, did 240, and then literally laid down on the hamstring curl machine and was like twitching, then fell asleep because the pre-workout just fucking did him in. But then like... The thing with work pre-workouts now is it's like you've got like... You've got like two or three different sort of genre genre of pre-workout now. You've got shit that's going to fundamentally kill you, like John North have a heart attack style type shit. Cocaine. Then you've got like the mid-level stim ones, and then you've got like all the natural stimulant ones. But the one thing that I've noticed that I don't know if you boys have seen it as well. There's been a big push now towards a lot of these um, nootropics and towards focus enhancing supplements versus getting you gacked out of your tree have you noticed that? Mm, yeah, I've, yeah i've seen that i think um what was uh they, i'm sure there's a uh ignore me i, I think there's i think there's a pre worker i saw that it, it focuses on getting you uh your, your when i was looking yeah when you literally switches you on rather than getting you yeah like you said, yeah, the first, oh, the first i had with it was um a friend of mine marcus he runs a thing called um, team affinity caveman and he's um i inadvertently got pulled into watching my friend do a, a strongman competition then i ended up actually doing the strongman competition weirdly and then met marcus <laughs> um, mate, it was it was the most fun day i had in fucking ages i literally the, i remember at one point there was this um it's on my instagram if people want to go back far enough and find it uh rebel strength held the essex strongest man that i did the, the amateur side of it and um i've never t- i'd never touched a yoke ever 
and this thing was loaded with 260. And I walked up to him, he goes, what height do you want to yoke? I said, I don't know, I've never, I've never touched one before. He goes, not even a warm-up. I said, no, this is the first time I'm touching it. He's like, you're nuts. I went, oh, well, what's the worst that can happen? I don't move it. But um, Marcus um, then went on to build a massive, massive company, a supplement company around the strongman world. And he he done a, a pre-workout called Primal as Fuck. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to buy it and give it a go. And it had a lot of these focus-enhancing things. Mate, I was wired, focusedly wired for hours absolutely fucking hours it was unbelievable i've never had another pre-workout like it um but it is, it is interesting when you do look at some of these nootropics and other bits and pieces that are coming out if you two if you I, I don't know if you can i don't know if they sit on any banned lists or anything like that but uh, um i know some of the nootropic stuff like i know that um there's a company that was quite good called genetics and they used to um i think the reason they went out of business is probably because they spent a lot of time putting a lot of detail and a lot of like high quality ingredients into their stuff but they used to uh, they were forced, like absolutely forced by their customers to put caffeine in their pre-workout because they had a good mix of one which had like um, L-tyrosine, citrine, malate, I think tea cream and a bunch of other stuff in it. They're basically just like, it just kind of woke you up and raised you up a little bit. And I remember looking at some of their ingredients, being paranoid at the time. So I think I'd maybe been in a drug testing pool through rugby and in like, international stuff like three or four times and never been tested. But I was always like, what if I've taken too many puffs of my inhaler? What if that coffee was fucked up? What if I ate some bad meat when I was a bro- Do you know what I mean? Like I, that, back when I was just thinking... I don't want to get banned for anything when there was nothing I was going to get banned for. But um, I remember you grabbing the different ingredients they had and putting it together into caffeinate, into caffeinated drink back when I had to do mornings. And it does just elevate your level, not just physically, but mentally, because there was nothing worse than taking a pre-workout or caffeinated drink. And then you're tired, but fast. You're just tired, yeah. but, more, but more fast. It's weird, isn't it? Like, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's mad. So I, I remember I've done some pre-workouts and I, that's exactly how it's felt. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm still moving slow, but I feel like I'm going 400 miles yeah. per hour. Whereas like the genetics one, which unfortunately I was so sad that that one got discontinued. Um, anything with tea cream in it seems to make you more sensitive to the caffeine and just give you a bit more focus. And then actually, I don't know if they've changed it because I know that they're still on the approved list for supplements, but I haven't had it for a while. Uh, Muscle Farms Assault pre-workout. That okay. was one of the ones that I was happy to use before rugby, before lifting, before conditioning, and it wouldn't just fucking do my head in. But I remember, um, yeah, so that that would that would be the that would be my choice. Yeah. The ones that I've used that have had like a new tro- a nootropic type effect where it's not just energizing; it can help you focus more. But I think that's worth trying for people who just don't like caffeine or don't react well to it. And you can yeah, tell I think, react I think well it's, it's, it's an interesting one that I'm, it's, on, it's, on, it's in my reading. I know that I do a huge amount of reading. I do more listening, but it's something that I want to look into more because it's, um for me, it's not necessarily about like, it's, it's me staying focused and switched on. It's half the battle. Um, the rest of it is just me being old. So one should cancel out the other, hopefully for me. So so what about yourself, Jamal? What about what's about what about your sort of to go to like playlist as such? Uh, well, everything, mate. I listen to everything. Minus country, like I said earlier. Um, oh, you but, got you put it in your bonnet for country, man. Didn't realise it was that bad. Uh, no, I just I don't know. Country yeah. just does not. I quite, I like most things. I, anything that sounds good, and I just don't think country does sound good at all. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, but I double, man. I, I listen to a bit of everything. Like literally, oh boy, I've I've gone through absolutely everything over this last month or so. Was it Limbiscuit? Music. It was like um, at one point, like before Carl, yeah. I remember you were telling me. Yeah, Limbiscuit. Listen to a bit, of, uh, you know, heavy metal, old school rock and roll, uh, like ACDC, 
uh, Guns N' Roses. Um, I was going through like a Black Sabbath vibe yeah. at some point as well. Um, obviously, yeah. you, you usually draw artists on no T, dig a D, uh, dig that. A lot of diggers, isn't it? Um, well, it's rap music, you know, uh, like British rap. Every, everything, mate. I listen to power ballads. Uh, I, I listen to Mate, the boys at Cal Strength would do that. There's a really good video of um, Tom and Spencer lifting at Cal Strength. And uh, the playlist was Whitney Houston into Linkin Park. Oh, it's amazing, mate. I, 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 that's what I love. I love the, the variation. That's yeah. what can it, it gets your mind. It's like, oh, you don't get used to one song. You get yeah. any keeps. It's like sparking over, sticking over. Do you, do you that's have what I like about it. Do you have not necessarily a genre, but like a few songs where like when you either when like you've heard it go on or like, you've seen like someone put it on it just fucking absolutely does the room like as in it just like everything just goes from like up here to just flat because you know there's like some sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. it's like that sort of was it um i used to do it in playlists all the time like because i used to like make playlists with, like, with ash so every single one that he'd make i'd put like some drill music some american rap into it at the end uh, but i just drop i'd always put rick astley never going to give you up in there somewhere because honestly it doesn't bother me like, i fucking love that song and i'll lift to it but you can see that, like, for some people, it just absolutely fucks the energy in the That's room. That's a banger, mate. It hits them. I think, I think it's needed. Because the thing is, if a lot of drill rap or drill music or anything like that sounds the same. And obviously, it's high, like, you know, it's, it's a t- certain type of vibe and, and tempo that gets aggression out of you in terms of lifting and gets you going, you know? Gets everyone pumped if it's familiar. Uh, but sometimes when it gets too repetitive, you can just switch it up, man. And then, I, I, again, going back to me training, that's literally what I've done. I was like, every session, all right, let me, what, what can I listen to that's new? You know, and then I was running out of ideas. And that's when I posted on Instagram. I was like, oh, everyone give me PR ideas. And then, let you know, so, um, someone posted up Triple H is uh, opening that for him. And that was fucking amazing. Someone gave me, uh, a couple of people gave me Baby Shark, obviously for banner purposes, but I fucking vibes to that anyway. You know how it goes. <laughs> uh, it's all mindset anyway. You know what I mean? Even if it's a shit song. Um, but yeah, no, I, I listen to everything, mate. Minus country, minus country. Yeah, the, 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 the weird one that's worked really well for me, because I thought it would be music or something like that. But for me, I've, I've just been putting training hall videos on. Oh, that, that's, that's a banger as well. That gets you going. No, I, it's, I think it's, one of the, it's, it's one of the things like, I mean, it's, we, 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 I take the piss out of myself and stuff like that constantly all the time. And the weights that I'm lifting aren't as impressive as you guys. And, and it's I'm a little bit hard behind you, but to to have the to have someone in front of you lifting more than you makes me want to work harder. So that's how I kind of get myself going. So me watching the un- unbelievable Garians, even though they're that fucking far ahead of me, or like some cow strength stuff or muscle driver stuff and things like that. Oh yeah, seeing other people lift and 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 weirdly, and one thing that I've, I've that's really affected me the most is like not hearing bars being dropped. It's fucking weird, especially where I, I, haven't, I haven't really been able to drop a bar properly and things like that. So it's like to have that flim- uh, familiarity again and like to see these guys throwing around bigger weight than me goes, right, well, why am I worrying about this? Let's just fucking go lift it. So it's like, oddly, for me, it's been it's been more that than it has been music during this sort of this fight, this, what, the fucking 27th time we've been locked down. I, I want to say that because <laughs> I found that to be useful. Like back in like the first lockdown, I think a few times I trained like, back in my old house or something and I had like I had like a really small smart TV in there so I just put YouTube videos on and I feel like Seb was my best fucking mate because also it just had the house like 
the training hall videos on, but for some reason it makes a difference having the noise in the background and having it's some, weird. it's almost like you're training amongst other people. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the, the imagery of seeing people lift and you, you actually, it inspires you and motivates you to see, think, okay, that's how I, I want to lift. I want to lift like them. I yeah, see the I, I think that is the other thing. Like, was it, there's a whole thing of, um, I know that it doesn't necessarily work the same for everyone or for everything. Like, I think you really have to pay attention to it. We've heard that whole theory of um, mirror neurons. So like, if you watch mm. and you're like, I fucking want to move like them. Or like, you know, like a coach would say to you, you need to move faster. So then they show you a video of Pyrostemus and be like, that's fast. Look at how he fucking rattles under that. Watch this video. That's how you got to try and move. Then you, pick, oh, yeah. like, you, you try and mirror it. I think if you're watching like your favorite lifters, you're like, they move so well. Oh yeah, I'm built like him. He's built like me. I can move like that. And you've got it on whilst you're training. Well, of course, you're going to fucking pick up on it. But then I, just I think don't, watch, just... don't watch bad people. Like, don't watch like Daniel Gadelli or like Zhang, Zhang Yi. Like, <laughs> sure. well, with a G's on and a cigarette in his, uh, in his mouth. It's still <laughs> probably one of my favourite videos. Like, it's not even one <laughs> little videos I've saved on off Instagram just to like look at when like I want some motivation or something or to look at something that's like cool. And that one's in there. And I don't even know why I like it. It's just like, it is just typical like criminal Soviet behaviour. It's like, I think then the next Instagram post of him after that is him in his car with like, what looks like a massive blunt and just money. I honestly think though, the, um, the fact of watching videos before a uh, training session, if you're a visual learner in general, mm. like, you know, you're a person that watches YouTube to learn things and stuff, you know, there's certain people that like to learn certain ways. People like to hear it auditory, uh, especially in comes to weightlifting, coaching people. Mm. People like to hear it. People like to see it. They like to watch feedback of themselves. They like some people like to read it, you know, explanations of reading in terms of cues and stuff. For yeah. us, I think, well, I speaking for myself, I'm, I'm a bit of a visual learner and I learn things through YouTube a lot of the time. I read in bits and bobs, but you know, audiobooks is the way forward, in my opinion. Um, for me, anyway. Um, the fact that you know, watching because it's, it's not a case of stimulating, but you learn at the same time, you're like, okay, they do it like that, and that's how I learn as well look at the videos because most of the time I didn't really send much videos to you did I really throughout the process I just told you it was going all right and going not uh going good and this and that because you'd always like you're quite descriptive in your feedback or like on your true coach like, sometimes it's just abusive but like most of the time it's like, oh, <laughs> most of them like this, was e- this was easier this week oh like I had to I fucked this up so I, I had to go back down and re-warm up and think about yeah. it yeah I'm like if I that- said I need to see this because I don't know what's going on with it you'd send me a video yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that level of compliance sometimes one part of the feedback can drop off, but there is nothing worse than seeing like all red or all green. And you've put someone being like, do an AMRAP, tell me how many reps you get so you can program the next cycle. And they just tick it green and that's it. And then yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very annoying. Like, oh, I think it was 12 or maybe it was nine. Well, which is it? Because it makes a big fucking difference. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah, obviously I'm a big document in. But, um, but that's, that's one, one thing that helped me as well is that the, the using, because uh, I, I, I video record a lot of my videos, but obviously I don't, I don't really post that that much uh but the fact that i was taking lots of videos and i was looking back at it and what i tend to do this is how i kind of uh helped myself mine is if tag is not there for example i just tried things I, I'm, I'm very big on trial and error I, I i literally changed my technique so many times to the point literally to the last week there was one little situation i was looking at my videos noticing for me personally if i uh, back in my old videos and what felt good, I used to jump my feet out. Yeah. And then in the, the build up to the competition, my feet weren't jumping out, it kept messing me up and I fall forward, fall, I fell forward, I fell back. 
So I was thinking, okay, what can I do to try and get my feet moving out? Because if I'm not, if I'm not moving my feet out, I'm jumping forward and jumping back. Um, I changed my foot position, brought it in. I do this little thing where I've actually let off to the size of my feet, where the soles of my feet are off the ground. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, but I've been doing that a lot recently. And what I found is that it ends up forcing all that weight distribution towards the outside of my foot, lights up my outside my my legs towards my glutes and pushes the knees out. And automatically, I think of the cue that you tell me to keep my feet flat. So it's a combination of keeping the weight distribution to the outside of my feet whilst keeping my feet flat so I can extend yeah. upwards. And automatically, I just find myself going up, going down, feet moving, and then that's how, like, if you see all the lifts that I've done in the competition, building up uh, in the competition and lifts going, building up to it, you can see a dramatic difference, which was changing within a week. Because I was thinking to myself, I need to change this position here and there. And I found, obviously, when you're watching the videos online of uh, YouTube, the people lifting and stuff, you know, nine times out of ten, a lot of them are jumping outwards or yeah. jumping their feet out. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, I need to do that. I've done it before in the past, and I think that helped a lot. And I, that is a big part in in terms of uh, getting me getting me through. It's, it's it's little technical changes. Some of the things that you told me, and then obviously seeing what I can do for myself and what I I tend to teach as a coach. You know, um, in terms of technical, uh, yeah, technical movements in itself. Um, but yeah. Just little little things that I used in the videos definitely didn't ha- did help as a motivator to get you going. It's almost like a pre workout, and as well as that, just yeah, just to learn. I, I think it helps when you can see guys who are like, especially when you look at like, especially like Pan America and stuff. So not necessarily Europe, but there's like guys who are probably built a bit more like me or you would be, and then mm. sometimes then their numbers aren't actually that far off of what we could do or what you are doing. So you can almost look and be like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Mm. When you when you see like Lu Zhao and people are like, oh, what does he do? It's like. It literally doesn't matter. He back squats like three, like three twenty. He could literally, like he said before world, he was like, "Oh, my back was fucked." So I literally just focused on back squats and pulls, and I'd snatch like clean and jerk. God knows how many times a week, probably not yeah. very cool. And then I went to competition, and as long as my back felt right, I could do it. It's like he doesn't need to practice technique. He's fine. Yeah, no, I mean, so like when you've got people who actually focus on technique, but it's quite clear for me that with you as a case, when I, I remember when we first started trying to change your snatches up, it was, I was like, "Well, what do you focus on?" And you were like. Oh, I basically just focus on trying to contact it as hard as I can. I'm like, you're like, I just try and like stay over and smash it. And I was like, look, can you try and keep it closer and try and jump as high as you can instead of trying to contact mm. it? I was like, if you focus yeah, on yeah. that, but because you're always like, oh, I just focus on this, it's a lot easier. Where sometimes you'll ask them, what do you think about when you snatch? And they just go, oh, I don't know, really. I just sort of grab it and just hope for the better. You know, or they think about 5,000 things where instead of being like, I'm going to think about one or two things, I'm going to, th- and I'm just going to focus on that and just having that intent of one or two points really help because then when you need to change it you've only got one or two things to change whereas if someone's talking to themselves in really random ways and always thinking about five or six different things it's like well i don't know we now need to narrow that down and then try something yeah you know what i mean so yeah um yeah, big one for me was, was staying over oh you go on yeah so like the, you're right with like the trying to keep the cue simple like for me leading into some of my better snatching was just like Mehmed would tell me all the time I, I open my I open my back up too early too early too early so just go right I'm gonna stay over for as long as I fucking can until Mehmed stops moaning at me and eventually did and all of a sudden I went on an absolute tear up so it's like you're absolutely on point with just to reiterate to people like it is the simplicity of simple cueing is a godsend and, it, and I, I think we've all yeah. went to competitions where 
an inexperienced coach or lifter has given their lifter 25 cues <laughs> during a warm-up with 35. I've watched a guy at lower, like, give one of his lifters, like, 20 cues in the space of six minutes, and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I think like, they, don't, my they, don't, they don't know if they're coming or going. I think that's something I learned. Um, that's one of the things that I think there's like a few things that I would credit Mike with like I learned off of him. One of the things I learned was like whenever I go to comp, I'd be like, what, what should I do? And he'd give me like a feeling to go after or like an intent to have going into competition or you're going there to get this, you're going there to get that. Here's what we're going to focus on today. That's it. There'd be very little talking, just what do you want on next? What do you want to warm up with next? Do you want to drop the reps down? Okay, cool. You've got about 10 minutes. So just make sure you stay warm. Uh, I've got your belt. You got this, and it would just be a case of okay. Make sure you're ready to go out. It would never be you need to do this unless it was a training competition where you're focusing on technique. Then it was that. But then I'd hear people like you know trying to like tell people different technical stuff. It's just a case of no, put some fucking effort in and do it. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're it's like you're there. there. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's a super new unless- platform, like as in they just shit it when they've gone out to platform. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a bit different. Or if it's something like um, I remember Palace when um I think Keith was like refurbishing the platform, so one of them didn't have any varnish on it. So yeah. I can get my feet stuck. So Mike literally told me, you're going to have to fucking pull your socks up on your snatches, otherwise your feet aren't going to move. That was like the only time I remember being told, technically, like, even like with Mem, it's a case of the most he'll do is tell you you're being fucking lazy or remember what we did in training. You've got to fucking do that. It's not going to work. And then he does that weird, you know, where he does this. He does that weird clap thing where he fucking throws his hand up and says, and, and I was going at you, but it's fine. <laughs> when you're like 78% and you're trying to make technical changes, you can kill it. But when you go heavier, so I don't want to think about like, like some people ask me, oh, what do you think when you go heavy? Like, I don't want to think about anything. If someone tries to make me think something, I basically just ignore them because like, I don't want to think about anything. <laughs> like, he sent me, he sent me the, uh, the best feedback I've had off him in ages. <laughs> just like, just absolutely no. And I, yours wasn't too far different. When I, I sent through those attempts at 130, it was just literally, don't be a pussy. And that was it. It was like, that's all I needed to hear. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, again, it's simplicity and feedback is brilliant. So, yeah. Um, Moving like just to sort of wrap up the bits and pieces for for that before we move on to some other bits like moving forward now and obviously for yourself as well, Chris, because it's like you're both on the same path to a certain extent. Like, what's what's next for you, mate? What's next for you, Jamal? Um, I'm just pushing, mate. Now the real the real graph begins. Really, I've done I've done what I had to do, and now it's just a case of just pushing as hard as possible, mm. trying to get that 300 total that's been evading me for multiple years. Um, and you know, try and catch up with some people. No names, though. But catch up with some people, in it, you know. <laughs> you've, you've put the marker out there now, and I, and I was saying to one of my guys the other day, like she competed in the um, the English, and it's like, look, you, you put you put the marker there now. Now build on that. So go, go, you're absolutely on point with that. And what about yourself, Mister Spood? So for me, it's a case of obviously different things, notwithstanding, like trying to bulk up, like when like I sort of. Basically, no, no one said anything as such. So again, I, I, I hate giving out information where it's kind of like, oh yeah, this is the feeling, or this is what I kind of knew was going to happen. Because then people say like, oh, where'd you hear that from? And it's like, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but like, I knew, we all knew that fucking 89 was going to get cut like a while ago. So I started purposely coming, like starting to creep up because members like as well, you're probably not going to lift the biggest weight you ever lift in 96 with uh, 89, which I agree. But for yeah. the next two or three years, 96 is like is fucking heavy man like do you know what i mean like, like 89 is a bit light but it's a better class for me and i think for me it's a case of i'm not going to say oh i'm just not going to go for the commonwealth but it's also that whole thing of i have an outside shot of qualifying based on the standards they've put so i could hit those standards but looking at who's ahead of me if cyril comes down and edmund's there it's one of those things of if this was a rugby game you put me into like a pro rugby game like a, a league up from what i'm used to playing 
I can probably find a way to fucking be techie and do something to like hold my own. Well, this is a case of the weight is the weight. The standard is a standard. You need time. So to go from what are my best in comp? 36, 70 combined in comp. Then my best snatching competition is 37. And then my best clean jerk in comp is 171. Not done on the same day. My best comp on the day is 306. To go from 306 to 350 essentially, or 306 to 340 in a year so that I could get ahead of Edmund. And then also go is a big order, man. And like I'm friends with Edmund, I talk to him quite a bit. And it's one of those things of I think I could get there eventually, but getting to that point is going to take a while. So it's one of those things of I push as hard as I can, but it's like the whole thing, you have to make the distinction between is this like the one more season, the one more go? Because if that's the case, I'll fucking just rub deep hit, I'll, I'll fucking rub Tiger Balm on my back and take ibuprofen every day and just crack on. Do you know what I mean? I'll start wearing knee sleeves and belts all the time and whatever. I was like, no, this isn't the last one. Well, I'm going yeah, this isn't the last year I'm going to do it for. So it's like, oh, well, if I want to get towards, I want to try and find out where my absolute natural limit is. Like Jamal wants to find out where his absolute natural limit is. And I want everyone else to find it so that we have a definite marker to say, this is where we found most people training full time without money, without support as it being their full time job can get to naturally. Then we have a benchmark. That's what fucks me off about drug taking. It's not that people take drugs because there, there's a whole other issue with that when you go to those countries where drugs are a, a prevalent thing. It's that no one knows where the natural line is. So it's not like, oh, 16200, that's about as heavy as you're going to get not being a super. Then you're going to you're gonna have to look at stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's a case of if you do want, like, I, I had people like accuse me and like, ask me what, like, oh, what drugs did I use to mess with? What drugs did I take when I snatched 140? It's like, I'm literally a chubby fat, I'm literally like a, like a, chub, like a chubby kid who just likes Olympic lifting when he's not playing rugby. That's it. But people think that as soon as you get above 100 kilos on a snatch base, he's a man, that then that's like, that's weird, rare air, which I think is now becoming not so much of a assumption. But it's like, I want to find out where my actual natural limit is. And I think this Commonwealth mm. Games will be brilliant. I don't want to get to it. The next one round, I'll be, I mean, I'll basically be a fucking pensioner as far as weightlifting age at that level goes. But talking to... No, but yeah, but then but you say that, but then you, you look at like touch on him because um i got i get called out on it because he's the same age as me and then you look at lou as well like lou's 36 now clone. that is a fucking clone it's not then you, it's a clone <laughs> right but then you've also got um what's his name jason you got oh, the actually, this just for now so if anyone's watching the video of this this lovely man yes that's the trap i was about to say he's now what he's 38 years old 39 so, no yeah, so it, 40 no he's 40 is he 40 now? Christ, yeah. he's born the same age as me. So like, people call me out on my bullshit when, when he gets lifting. But you are capable of doing it. And it's your journey has started later in lifting as well, because obviously um, you were playing rugby up to a certain point and then stepped over to weightlifting. So even though you had a strong base to start off with, it wasn't specific in lifting. So you've still got quite a long while to go <laughs> in that context. I still think your, your journey compared to Edmund's journey. Edmund's been lifting since he was, what, fucking two? So it's like, it's one of those weird things. But when you also like to touch on what you said as well about finding natural limits, it's, it'd be very interesting to, we all know the Eastern European countries that we look up to, everything's a little bit shaded in that context. But the countries that we could potentially look at, their past is also very shaded, even though they're very good now. You look yeah, at America, well, I think The only countries I really trust to a degree that I think could be natural is, because I've been there and I've talked to one of the guys who trains there is Spain. So I've talked to Alejandro. I've talked to him enough about training. I've seen how he trains. I've seen him go past injuries. I've seen how fucked off and moody he gets when he has <laughs> to train for high volume. Like I, I can tell, like, 
if you were on stuff, like it's not very good stuff. Do you know what I mean? Is in like he's a really yeah. good athlete naturally, but if he was on stuff, I'd be very surprised. Same as a lot of the other Spanish team. And when you look at their the way their training system works, um, I think that looking at how what how much fucking capacity stuff they do, I can kind of tell you're having to manufacture some extra recover recruit recoverability abilities out of nowhere, and that's how you're doing it by doing this capacity stuff. Um, South Korea to a degree, mainly because their lifters progress at a very very glycerol rate when they get really good. They have a lot of very high-level lifters, but no one's just out-and-out world-class, but they also have a lot of people. Um, Japan, I've never had a drug ban, but no fucking idea how they've managed that. I think that's another place where if some people on drugs, I don't think all of them are, and then when a lot of people bring up the argument of, oh, but China have never had um, any actual proper drug ban, it's like, it's because no one can get in there to test them. It's not because they don't they don't use anything. Just yeah, man, I agree with that. Yeah. The thing is, you, you look at, like, I would say the modern crop of American lifters are a good example, but the, to look at it historically to try and find that this baseline, you can't because half the guys at York Barbell were getting prescriptions on the daily from the team oh, med when nothing was... Um, deemed as bad to take so it's like and then the right, just try and find that baseline is like the whole baseline across the entire level of the sport is fucked because yeah. it's tarnished at an elite level and you have like i know that before like obviously steroids were a thing like at all like synthesized at all you had different stuff like amphetamines and stimulants but even looking at like um um like if you look at that the only one that i know for it is um this guy called jamie lewis used to write this um article series called baddest motherfuckers ever and it used to be like historical strength figures throughout history from like all the way back into like the early 1900s to now and you get like guys who they lifted because they were in the military and they just liked it afterwards so they became kind of semi-professional strongmen but they were clean and jerking like 160 to 180 or like one no more like 140 150 back when you had like shit bars and you couldn't contact the bar not weighing very much that's why when you look at the point like even bob peoples deadlifted like I'm pretty sure it was close to like, he was like, a, he was like a 60, 70 kilo guy and he was dead lifting up into like the 300s, I think. And you look at like what's happened unequivocally before any drugs existed, like Paul Anderson, the strong man and the weightlifter, what he did before drugs existed. I know he was a super and he just basically went more body weight, more body fat and it'll be fine. But like, there is a, there, there doesn't necessarily seem to be a limit. I think it's more, you have to have different training methods and you need longer. The same way that girls can peak before men do in their careers because one, they're not going to lift as much weight because they're naturally smaller, but also their aerobic systems are so much bigger compared to what they are compared to their size. So they recover faster. So then obviously the more recovery cycles you have, the quicker you adapt and so on and so forth. So with men, I think it's a case of the slower you recover because you're lifting heavier shit, but also your recovery is not going to be as good naturally means you're probably going to have to survive for longer to then get into like your mid thirties or maybe even late thirties and be able to perform well. And I think I personally think into your late thirties, you'd still be able to chase some big lifts. It just wouldn't be, I'm going to weigh 100, I'm going to peak for a competition at 96, three times a year, and I'm going to do 172.10. It might be, oh, I'm going to weigh 100, 109. I'll do comps for fun, but I'm just going to chase a massive block snatch. I'm going to chase a big jerk from, do you know what I mean? You'll be able to chase those same numbers to a degree. You just won't be able to do them all together because recovering from heavy back squat, heavy front squat, heavy pulls, heavy snatches, heavy cleaning jerks, all your pliers, all of your accessory work, and then having to cut weight when you're old, I just can't imagine anything worse. Like I can't imagine being thir- late thirties and having to cut weight. But like, that's what uh, that's my that's my nightmare. I don't want to have to cut weight when I get that old. I just why, I, why do you think I'm happy being a fat boy? <laughs> like, it's the one thing I don't have to worry about. But you are right. That, like, I mean, I'm I'm walking proof of what you've just said. The fact being that it's the, the ability for me to recover is, is is dwindling by the month. <laughs> but like that's a bit dramatic. But like. I'm having to segment up my training even more now than I had to last year. 
Like last year, I could have probably done a heavy snatch session of one variation, clean and jerk, and then go into squats. The thought of me doing squats at the end now will destroy me for a number of days. So yeah. I've I've dropped my squats down to three days a week, and I'm yeah. doing them on like an accessory day. So it's a snatch, a snatch, a heavy ass snatch pull deadlift, a front squat day, then into a clean and jerk day, then into a back squat day, and so on and so on. And it's yeah. that's what's actually keeping me going forward, and I'll probably keep training like that. But at 39, that's how I've had to adapt, which is quite interesting that you brought it up. It's, it's exactly how I've programmed this mixed block out. Difficult, isn't it? When it's like muscle mass is hard to put on once you get to a certain size anyway. And then obviously I think like tendon and ligament health and like bone density is obviously a little bit easier to chase no matter what age you are to an extent. But then it's like, I remember talking to Stuart about it and he made a really good point. I can't remember what the fuck we were talking about, but um, it was that he, he reckons that when you start to get older, when you have that little layoff between sports and then you try and go back into weightlifting, it's not always the fact that, oh, you're too old. It's that, no, you still have the strength, the anaerobic ability there. It's just, especially as blokes, you gain weight and then your aerobic capacity goes so low compared to it that now to buy all of that recover, that work capacity back and then train to go heavier, it's almost too much for you to do at once. So then you end up always kind of being like, oh yeah, I can do, I used to back squat 250. I've managed to go back to 220, but then I'm just fucked and I can't, I have to take a break and then try again. When it's actually like, no, you need to gain your work capacity and your health and fitness back and then attack it again. I think that's the main thing. It's like, I'm even, um, Mercy was saying that she's just started kind of training again a little bit. And she was saying that um, George used to tell her, don't do nothing, have a rest from weightlifting, but don't do nothing. And she didn't used to understand what he said. And I never used to understand that either. Like in rugby off season, my first few of them, when I started taking it seriously, I thought take a rest, but still do something just meant, oh, well, I'll just play the odd game of football, go on a skateboard and then fucking eat crisps or whatever. But like, it means no, stay in shape. Just don't stress yourself too much. And then that's the thing. Like if you stay in shape, then when you come back to weightlifting, you might never hit a, a massive competition again, depending on what age you are, but you'll still be able to do stuff. I think mean, that's yeah. the case. Even just from a health point of view, like just keeping your work capacity up just makes a massive difference. It's just, it's just boring to do. Yeah, but we love that boredom. We're all a bit weird. Mm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so from that perspective, moving, moving forward then, so your next comp will be what, the British, if that happens? or Both of us, yeah. Then I think it's going to be looking at seeing who from the who from the club's going to be able to apply to go to Commonwealth Champs, which is in Singapore in October, I think. So that'll be the next one. And I think it should be interesting because there's a few of the the, the residents the residents in London who will be lifting, hopefully, for Jamaica. So we should have a very colourful squad going to that. That'll be interesting. We'll have a few different nations going out there all together. But that's the, ne- that's yeah. the next big, big one. That'll be I think that'll be a few people's first experience of international competition which will be which will be really interesting yeah i mean when you you, you told me last night about that last night I've, I've lost track of days and nights and days now and it's like that but like when you tell me who we're going for for stuff i'm like christ that's going to be really impressive when you when you do think about the, the breadth of lifters that we've got luckily at ronin it's it's um everything's going in a very very positive direction so a nice little spread across the board and everyone you've got a few people there that are now starting to sort of clip at the the doors at British nationals and things like that as well. So it's we've got some young, young and up and coming lifters as well. Yeah, I think I definitely think you really get a lot of them in inside those uh, virtual comps though. They're, they just need to get themselves, get them numbers yeah. up and get something. Yeah, yeah 100%. I think it's like um, I said to a couple of my guys about doing the comp. Just be, it would be good for you just to get something on the board and to have something to work on and work towards. But definitely some of these other guys that they need to take every opportunity to just keep smashing through because. 
again, we, we nothing's set in concrete for any of us right now, with especially what's going on. So it's like the British could end up being virtual. You just you just don't know. Mm. We don't know how long this can get dragged out for. We don't know what the ramifications are. Everyone's sort of saying this, that, or the other, but don't just get as virtual as you can. Don't want another one. No, I don't mean, I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to be positive, but when I look at it from like, our, it's going to be one of these things where we're going to be allowed back in gyms. That's great. But then we all know, if you look at a competition, how many people you need there, how many people you need loading, all these other bits and pieces. Then you, you look at the... The, the the health and safety checklist that's going to have to come about now if you're going to hold a comp is going to be madness. So then you've got, you're going to have some people that have been vaccinated, some people that haven't had the opportunity yet. And then it's the mixing yeah. this, that, and other. So I think I, it's, I, from a I positive think... perspective, it's like it's, we need to get it back. But if it doesn't, it means our only options are virtuals and everyone mm. should at least get one or two virtuals in yeah. just to get their totals in in case this happens because like yeah. I could have done the world masters, but it just didn't work out that I could get in somewhere and do it properly yeah. because of what the scenario that we're in right now. Yeah, so that, it's like, that was required if like trying to get, like build like a fucking triple layer platform in your back garden, like just to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? But I think with the, I think like, again, lockdown skepticism here like i just sort of think that with the way that it's been handled has been obviously shambolic by the government we all agree that and then there's all the different little camps people sit in but i think the main thing is is that there's already a new variant from brazil that they're talking about a little bit it doesn't it doesn't hasn't caught as much cap much attention in the news as it did before which i think is good because it means people aren't scared well they've extended furlough till september they're yeah already umming and ahhing about different dates saying oh you know we've got to be careful how quickly we open up or oh, we still don't know about this and that so it's just this whole thing of i think a lot of people need to be prepared to be to, to have hope and no expectation now that's the way that i would look at it the same yeah. way like you would you should go into training like have have like some good standards and have some hope about what you want to do but don't have the expectation it's all going to happen exactly when you think it's going to so i think we need to be prepared for it to be another virtual or like i say quote unquote virtual where like for our club, for example, because we share space with men sometimes, it's like it's a virtual competition where people do their attempts with each other, even if it means they have to go around to your mate's garage gym and do it there and have one of you loading and doing it or something. But I think people will figure it out. It's just making people realise the gravitas of like doing a virtual comp and also the the advantage of being able to weigh in on your home scales, which I know are fucking light. Like I know mine are fucking light. I know my I know mine are light. I know the scales I use the gym are probably light, but that's what you have, do you know what I mean? Like, without, like, trying to fuck myself over. Like, you go to some comps, like the Crystal Palace scales, where, like, you know, they do that weird thing where they flicker and they constantly do it. And then you just kind of, like, you have to, like, kind of, like, shuffle around a little bit without, like, George seeing you until, like, you, it kind of just gives you the reading that you need. And it's like, I close to like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, there's, I still think, like, virtual comps, for some people, are really nervous. I think there's that lad, um, Martin, he's from further up north somewhere. I can't remember his name is. It's Martin Riley, maybe. He was saying that because of um, some different like mental stuff that he has going on, he just said the virtual comps where it's just his his coach who's loading for him with his music on shouting at him. He was like, it's brilliant. I can focus. I don't get anxious. I think for people like that, this is your chance to actually show what yeah. you really, really can fucking do. And if you're fucking scared shitless of competing, well, this is your chance to do a competition and just kind of just dip your toe in because there's no other opportunity to do that. Like if you go to a competition for your first time and you could be against no one. Or like, I think my first competition was at Crystal Palace. There was no one there. I think it was literally me and James Daly and, and um, not Solomon, um, Prosper. That was it. So like everyone's just so far apart, it doesn't even matter. Then the first comp I went to, I competed against someone properly was Ramsey and Cyril. 
So obviously I'm thinking, yeah, I'm fucking decent, I am. And then you step up on a platform and you're stood next to Cyril and you immediately just go, ah, oh, wow, I'm not built for this. I'm not built for this weight class. I'm too high up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you, like you've been in weight for six months. You've not even got a proper belt. And then you look across and you've just got, it's like, oh, fuck, all right. So yeah, you and your fucking high tops probably. But yeah, yeah no, mate, you're on point with that. And like I say, I think it's, it's going to be one of the cases now where if we can get more guys in for the virtual, that's better. Because it, mm. again, if, if you're looking at, we, if they try and run the British like they've done, say the English in the past or anything like that, and it's like the top eight or the top 16 going in there, some people this year might not bother competing at all. Yeah. You might, you might sneak yourself into a British championship. You, you just genuinely don't know. So for the guys that it's applicable to, the guys and the girls it's applicable to, they definitely need to jump on board. Um, and I've seen, I was, I was, I'll, I'll happily say this, I was incredibly sceptical of the whole virtual thing, but to see you guys go through it and see how it's panned out and seeing some of my other lifters like Charlie go through it and stuff like that, I'm actually quite impressed um, with it all and the way that they've done it and the way they've run it. So it's, it's it should obviously get smoother and smoother. We did yeah. touch on my, my little, uh, my worries of people playing fuckery yeah. with uh, entering certain lifts in that aren't quite their second or third attempts they probably are their 15th or 16th attempts yeah I'll explain I'll explain Joe. so my concern with the virtual was this that when you entered you didn't normally it didn't fit the normal parameters of a competition where you would then go Right, I'm going to open at 120. Chris and you are going to open. Oh, at okay, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what, okay. What my concerns were that, like, I, I, I said this, I've said this to Chris, I've said it in one of the other podcasts. Like, I'll be quite, I'll be quite honest. I'm looking to open at roughly like 120, 125 for the Scottish, um, and open clean and jerk, logically 140, 140 something. Right, mm. I will then quite happily go. I did these attempts, mm. um, but you're going to get some people that will bend the rules will go all the way up to their maximal effort. They'll hit froggy and say, like, let's say if I was to play a little bit of fuckery, I could get all the way up to like, let's say I hit 125, I go 127, and then I have 10 attempts at 130. I then enter the 130 as my opener, and then I do two, <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do high pulls with 35 and 40, or just Clark them and go, well, there you go. That was my first attempt. I missed my next two. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it, I don't like to think badly of people, but I think there's going to be people out there that are going to take advantage of... And it's it, again, it's just the, the way the cookie crumbles. For yeah, but there's going to be taking advantage of If you do live events, then it's like, it kind of takes care of it. But it's like, that's then assuming you have a good Zoom connection, you have like, you know, enough... Memory. Oh, yeah. It's like, and then, to, do, to do live versus virtual is like... Well, we all know how fucking hard it is to run the leaderboard and stuff. Like when you're at a normal comp, doing that line's a bit of a different thing. But even like with the, with the English again, no, I'm not a grass. I'll, I'll fucking say that now. Like there's a few messages I've had off of people where they've said, have you seen so-and-so's gap between their last snatch or their cleaning job? And like, like you can see like, you know, from the light outside outside the gym they're in, you know, it's like like when they did this attempt, it's light, and then when it's done, and you can sort of see it's like when you look at the time stamping on some of the attempts, it's like what happens between your second and your third? Because it's not a small amount of time, but it's like I can understand with some people. So like a lot of people almost got count got caught out on the rule of if you have competition plates where they have the color code on the outside, just show them. If you don't, you got to take all of them off, show yeah. them put them back on. So you can imagine if you're supposed to have two minutes between lifts, but you're doing that yourself, you're not having two minutes. You've literally had to unload a whole bar. Like if you're just doing, oh, yeah. if you're single, if you're a single plate lifter, so you're like, a, you're a new person or like, you're a very, very lightweight class girl or you're a lightweight class guy. So you've only got maybe like, let's say 
let's say there's a 25 and a 10 on, that's not a big deal. But if you imagine like, so I felt sorry for like, let's say Omar and Solomon, for cleaning jerks, you've got to take off four or five plates because of the bumpers you're using. You've got to take all that off, put it all back on again, then clip it. It, it, it fucking does the wind out your sails like because you're, you're in a rhythm. Now you've got to take the whole plate bar apart and put it back together again. So you need four or five minutes in between, which is why I think they introduced that thing of, it needs to be two minutes, but we will have discretion based on the reasons you give. But to have half an hour between some yeah, of that, the is like... Yeah, that's, for yeah. me, to be the time in between lifts, that's that's kind of one of the... That, that was grey-ish, yeah. but understandable like that. And they've said that, but... And again, I think that's the case you, that, but you just have to be like, okay... So you've had half an hour between this lift and this lift. They're all within the timestamp of two hours. No, three hours, sorry. But yeah. you got to pick them. Do you want those two you did together or do you want this one? And the thing that's, is, that's if, the thing. if your third is like, let's say you fucked your warm up, so you rewarmed up again, it's a virtual comp. You can do what you want. But it's like, and if you know that that lift that you made third was outside of the other two, but you're like, but it was on the fucking money, then send that one in and back yourself. Like I did that. Like I was fucked going into this because I was stupid in training like a few weeks before. So I literally did one lift, one snatch, one cleaning jerk, posted it. Because I knew, it was like, I know those will, I, I was confident, I know those will pass. So I said, yeah. but if you're like actually going for three attempts and you've done like one banker, one for your team, one to get on the board on snatch and cleaning jerk, and then you're not sure about the other two, then yeah, send all three. But you have to be aware, like people are going to question that when it comes up. Mm. It's, an, it's an interesting one. Like I say, it's just like, I, I, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theory any of the best of times. When I, when I saw that and I was like, mm, interesting. So it's, it's it's like it does it does leave a, a door very open for people to uh, take the piss if they want to. But oh, it's um, is it could I could easily just go like right I'm gonna let's say I do snatch twenty seven for a lifetime PB and go right well that that'll be my banker lift and then I take ten attempts at one thirty and I, I manage to sneak one of them. Great because if you're clever and you weigh in literally do your weigh in within like five ten minutes if you start in you're cooking with gas you've got a lot of time to play with that was the other thing i was going to say is like if especially if you've got to cut a bit of weight then you obviously put your singlet and your hoodie and your tracksuit on warm up get all the stuff done strip it all down weigh yourself go back to the warm-up room yeah. which is what i think i've realized that after me and jamal warmed up i just said mate like we weighed in a bit earlier because like we weighed in as we were getting ready to warm up but i was yeah. like yeah we could have literally treated it like a real competition didn't we we actually yeah. like weighed in and then oh, gave ourselves a bit of time I think the majority of people will be absolutely up, upstanding, but I think there's going to be some people that will push the boundaries. Like I said, to, I said to Charlie as well, like she was very nervous about doing her first competition. I was like, well, logically I should be there for you, but I can't. But I said, worst case scenario, if you completely fuck this up, you've still got enough, another six days before you need to enter it. Just redo it. It's within the rules. Mm. Like you, can have as, you can have as many, you could max out for six days in a row and just pick whichever the fucking was the best day. And again, this as, is... As long as, as, long as, all, your, as, long as all your videos match up, you're cooking. It comes to the same... Well, the thing is... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, people just need to be aware of those advantages and it's like, if that's within the rules and like, it's not you gaming it, it's like, this is the oh. this is the most they can police it. So here's all the, all the loopholes. What you're not going to do it? It's like being at a competition. Be like, oh, you've got to be honest. Like, you don't want to fuck anyone else up. Like, just do your lifts and get out of there. But you know that you can mess with someone's head if you warm up later than them and you put your opener in as a one ten. Like, it's within the rules. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can say that it's a bit shit, but if it's allowed, it's allowed within the rules. Oh yeah, it's great. And unfortunately, it's it's the nature of what we're going through. They're they're having to put such grey rules out there or or wording to what their competitions are run. I honestly feel that hopefully everyone with this whole virtual thing is everyone's taking this whole thing as a pinch of salt. And as well as that, as soon as competitions come, 
face-to-face comment, you just better bring it. That's the way I see it, is that if you put these numbers up and you're going to brag about it, you better bring it on when you're face-to-face with whoever you're competing with. And, you know, you better, you know, that's, that's like, do what you have to do, post what you have to post, brag what you have to brag with this. Just know that, the, the you know, the real weightlifters that have been there and done that know the game yeah. and know that really we ain't going to, we're going to rate you to we see you in person doing these lifts in, 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 a, in a controlled, officiated manner, you know? Yeah, so man, you're that's, on, that's the way I see it. Isn't it? Man, you're, you're, you're on point with that. You are on point with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that whole virtual thing is just, you know, it's, it, 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 I think it's good for what it is. That's what I would say. Um, it's, it's good for what it is and where it is in the moment. And I think a lot of people needed it, even though it's so, so much limitations. But, you know, that's the way that the world runs at the me, moment of time, you know, in current affairs. Yeah, like, like, to be truthful, like the, for me, deciding to actually go for this comp myself, it's like, right, I've got, there's a new fire in my in my ability to train now. There's a want, there's a need. There's like, right, I've put some numbers out there that I want to hit. So it's like, right, mm. I'll actually fucking step up and do it now. So it's Yeah, like, and I, think, I think that's the positives of it. Even though it is obviously yeah, incredibly flawed in the way they've done it, but I think the fact that they're actually getting, because I, I think I needed this personally, Mm. Oh yeah, dismiss the face-to-face competition. I'm, I'm, I'm content because contact, contact sports are allowed to train again at the end of the month. I'm tempted to just go hurt myself on the rugby pitch, just so I miss having being able to go up against someone that can that can hurt me. But that's just me. <laughs> that's to fucking catch you first, mate. That's half the battle. Yeah. Well, I don't know now. Like it's been what it's been about ten fucking kilos since I last ran around trying to run away from people. But we'll have to see. <laughs> Yeah, but you're, you're you're stronger now, so it's like in theory you will be faster. You'd hope so, or it will be like a planet. People will orbit me instead. Or you just become a prop and just get tubby. Oh, honestly, mate, I did what I did one season. What I did one proper adult season in like semi-pro rugby, and that was enough for me to quit. I came up against like um, uh, he was a guy who used to play for Munster, and I don't know what he was doing. He was about, I think he was actually the age you are now back then, and literally. <laughs> went into one scrum and just immediately went, I'm fucking retiring from this position after this season. But that was, honestly, was enough. But I didn't matter what I did, what I tried. He just took me apart every time. And he was so polite about it. And he went, come on, let's have another go, mate. Let's go again. It'll be all right. <laughs> and then would just take me apart. Somehow I'd be able to get like, my head curled up into my chest and fold me up. And then he'd be, then he'd, but he'd say, he wouldn't say like, oh, fucking have that. You have that, have that. He'd be like, oh yeah, don't, don't worry, mate. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd a similar experience with a, a, a Fijian international prop. <laughs> he was in he was in the army and he was playing for a local team. And I came up against him and he's just like, "You ready for some fun?" I'm like, "Oh shit!" But like, I had the best day that day playing against him. So, but yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. Um, anything that you boys want to bring up, touch upon? chat about anything further so, so are you gonna right so the main thing that we need to do before we get off this podcast Ian are you gonna are you gonna clean and jerk 160 or are you gonna snatch what you clean and jerk because that's 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 an illegal ratio for, so, for so, so, so this is like we're gonna attack me now um right give me give me some more context like time frames so what you said because I said to you last night that um and I said it to Mem as well because like you're the two guys that like hold me responsible for stuff so you're down Ian I said 130 a year ago when I knew that you could do it, so we're, we're well, kind of- well, me, me and Jamal, we've got a, we've we've got a race to one thirty going on anyway, which would be interesting. <laughs> we're, in debt, we're in debt at the moment, and so every 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 quarter that you don't get it, a kilo gets added. So at the moment we're at one thirty. <laughs> moment we're one thirty six. 
166. Breaking all-time Masters records as we're chatting. <laughs> um, the, the, the objective for the Scottish is that I spoke to them as well and I'm looking at it as a perspective that I want to I hit 30 for that for definite. Um, the first time I ever hit 120 was in competition as well. So I think the, that added bonus of having the responsibility of being like in a comp in as close to a comp environment as we can get now will help me get there. Yeah. If I don't get it beforehand, I think I might sneak it at some point in the next couple of weeks, but I'm having, I'm having to back off a little bit of snatching at the minute, just because my, my shoulders giving me a little bit of shit. But better. Uh, remind me when the, the squish is. Uh, for me, there's one coming up next week, which is their first virtual open. I'm going to go for the next one, which is like eight to nine weeks away now. Yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Oh, that could I, be I don't know. I, I'm between a rock and a hard place right now. I want you to get it, but at the same time, I'm just like, wait for me, please. Because I'm doing it. <laughs> um, the bloody I reckon I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I think to a certain extent, I'm probably going to get it off that low block before I get it off the floor. I'm moving better from there right now than I am off the floor, but um, I think that's more because of I've been doing that more often than I have been mm. going before. Since I got those 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 pads, I've, I've just been going from different heights and not the floor. So I need to kind of taper out of the blocks very soon, I think. Um, but yeah, I think 30, the Scottish, the European, the, the master Europeans are the two that I'm looking at right now. Um, the Scottish, I reckon that the 130, 150 could happen. Um, the clean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I sent you the video. If you saw the video of me doing that 35 today off the blocks, my clean is scarily starting to look quite good. It's not as crashy. It doesn't own me as much. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think like I reckon the minimum I'll get, I'll get 45. I'll go probably 30, 45. And then for the Europeans, I said to them, 130, 160. Oh, sorry, 135, 140, 160. No, you've said it now. 130, 160. It's agreed. <laughs> it's been decided. Mate. It's decided. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's, for me, it's more like I need, to, I need to just tidy up little bits. Yeah. It's, it's now like... I mean, I'm not the people listening will know, but I know Jamal knows a little about it and you know a little about it. Just leading up till the back end of last year, I was dealing with some real horrific um, migraines out of fucking nowhere. It's like, I couldn't, we couldn't put my finger on what the fuck was going wrong with me. I just constantly, constantly getting migraines and they, it got to the point where I had to have a, a scan of my noggin just to make sure nothing was growing or doing something stupid in there. Turns out that I am just fucking weird and there's nothing in there um, that's causing these problems. But I got advice to back off of heavy, heavy squats for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So my my leg strength has dissipated quite massively. Like it's, um, for the first time in quite a long while, I'm struggling with little bits and pieces and I'm having to rebuild that. Uh, but it was the best thing for me to do. So it forced me to do I didn't get as dizzy or as um, I didn't get headaches later on in the day when I would do like heavy pulls or deadlifts. So I could kind of swap out the heavy back squat for a heavy pull or a heavy dead. And it kept me going, but you both know better than most people. It, like the squat is the biggest dictator in our sport. The front squat and the back squat are like the biggest ones. And if you can't do them, it's going to make your life very, very hard unless you are an incredibly efficient lifter, which I'm not. Um, I need with the way that I clean, I need to have that deficit in that front squat because when the bar traditionally crashed on me, I could just sit there and wait for it to settle and then I'd just stand it up because my front squat was mm. so fucking far ahead of my clean. Um, so getting that back is the bigger thing. So the Scottish is more, the build-up to that is to like, right, let's get back to sort of, like you were saying, Jamal, like back to some respectable numbers on the squat that I was like 10% outside what I was over the back end of last year. So if I can get quite, if I can get my front squat back up to 
180 for doubles or something like that. And if I can get my sorry, my front squat up to 180 for doubles and I can get my back squat back to that 210, 220 mark again, I'll be all right. But again, it's like every time I push that, I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul for me compared to you boys. It's, it, it, if I do like, I did a 200 kilo back squat the other day for the first time. And like, it was great that my head didn't feel like it was going to explode. But the following day I was fucked. Absolutely fucked. So it's just, building on those little bits again that, that I've lost. But I know like muscle memory is a bit of a contentious subject, but like moving certain weights is starting to feel a bit easier again. Like I think I front squatted 160 this week and that felt good. Scrappy, but like positionally felt good. So it's just taking the time back. So And I know when my leg strength's back, 130, 160 is more than feasible. And I think you were saying like what, jerk 170 or something like that. Yeah, I think just looking at the way that most of us work, apart apart from Jamal, um, <laughs> he's, very, he's very good. Um, like looking at like your competition efficiency, like I know that I always had to touch something a bit heavier than what I was going to snatch or clean and jerk in some fashion. So if I pause front squatted a lot more than what I was going to clean, I did jerk supports with a lot more than what I was going to jerk. And then I did snatch deadlift and then not overhead squats because I fucking hate them. But like so actually snatch is the only thing where if I did stuff that was like enough to let me snatch 140 or 137 i could do it on the day without touching it first but for clean and jerk i was like if i can get that overload there then i think i think that's it, it yeah and I'm, I'm i'm walking proof i think i think at the minute my my best jerk off blocks is like 150 mm. and when i did that with you and when uh, owen was down at bd and that that was nothing but i've never like for me jerks have never really been that big of an issue but i've never really had blocks to massively over push them but i know having that sort of 10 kilo deficit from my clean, um, clean and jerk and my actual best jerk is like, I don't even overthink jerks now. Like I hit 35 today and it was like, I've barely jerked, if you know what I mean, to be truthfully honest, like I've not had the opportunity to be able to drop a bar. So like for the majority of this lockdown, I've, I've hardly jerked and I'm already back up to sort of, was it 93, 95% of my best clean and jerk and it wasn't even hard. So it's, um yeah, it's all there. Touching those things does work, but I like, like you mate, I need to hit, certain parameters for me to go right i'm ready to do xyz yeah so, but like you you boys are good at it like you you see there's like jamal touched at the beginning i'm i'm, I'm my own worst enemy of putting myself down but that's kind of just the way i work and it's um i know i've probably got a few more kilos in me before i quit but i think i think 130 160 is a respectable i can quit total yeah, that's very close to 300 isn't it don't you start. I'd fucking one of my old lifters, Tom, fucking called me out on that. Two ninety and you're That's like ninety nine. You better go, go to three hundred, mate. Yeah, but if I sixty five, be nice. There you go. That's the next race. That's one the three hundred. Oh Jesus Christ, mate. Yeah, but the thing is, though, mate, you hitting three hundred is really impressive. My fat ass hitting three hundred is not. Mate, don't matter, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's no weight classes in the jungle. Um, yeah, but no, it's it's achievable. But it's it's again, it's one of these things. It's I'm battling a in a in a good way, like in the master scene. I'm battling totals that are more than achievable for me to do what I want to do. But it's it's that as you talked about, like it's getting everything else right outside mm. of training, and that's what's killing me at the minute. Like like from my perspective right now, I'm having massive issues with like my own depression and anxiety that I'm having to deal with that's not helping me sleep <laughs> it mm. is it, it, these other little bits and pieces that aren't excuses they're just facts that you have to deal with and it's like mm. that does have a dramatic effect on your training if you don't have that eight to ten hours every single day 
you're not eating the right stuff. The one thing I've, I've massively managed to change over the past sort of two months is my food. I've really fucking dialed that in quite well. So I'm eating better and more than I've eaten in a long time. But there's still certain bits that are missing that I need to all line up if I want to take a, a really, really big push at that. And it's it's helpful to have these recovery methods as well. Like it's other little things like at Absolute where I train, they've got a sauna. I would utilize that sauna every fucking night leading up to when they eventually locked it down and we couldn't use the showers or the saunas. So it's like having that was always a massive help, like jumping in out for half an hour at the end of every session or going into town to just jump on a, in a Sunday, jump in it. Godsend. Like I'm a massive proponent of using heat like that. Cold and heat for me are massive things. So it's like, I'd rather sit in a sauna than, <laughs> than do an ice bath to be truthfully honest. Ooh, but yeah. it's like, Little, little advantages like that, especially for someone of my age, it's like that can make the difference. Like people took the piss when I bought that massage gun. Well, it, it's literally on its last legs because I use it so much. I think it's good to, good to use. Anything, anything that can give you some sort of advantage, minus uh, sugar spice and everything nice, <laughs> then, you know, you, you, you might as well, don't you? You know, if this is in your disposal, I do what you do we can and do what we can. Obviously, always, you can get the basics sorted first, but yeah. you know anything else helps i was talking to i was very lucky that the, the gym i worked at before there was a guy who he's the lead lecturer at essex university on uh, sports science and sports physiotherapy and stuff like that and he's also the head uh, physio for the european golf tour and i turned around and said to him so like what because you're dealing with professional athletes even though it's golf to a certain extent but when you look at how often these golfers like the the mid-tier elite golfers are actually having to play. They're constantly playing. So it's like, if you look at it from that, I said, what from a recovery perspective actually works? He goes, well, the only real proven things that work is if you eat and you sleep. If you eat, yeah, that is it. but then he goes, the side note is this cupping voodoo bands, the compression trousers, heat, cold ice. Did it make you feel better? He goes, going back to your rugby days, when you would jump in the, when I, I told him I'd jump into the wheelie bins, we'd have constantly full of ice. He goes, did you feel better? I said, yeah, I felt great for like two days. He goes, well, the placebo effect of that. It's, worth enough, it. it's enough to do something. So, yeah, so it's like the, the 10, 20 minutes I used my gun every day on my legs and the back of my glutes, it, if it makes me feel better, that's, that is, that's a win. In the, it's a tick in the right column from that perspective. And that's a, a big thing for a lot of the people that are listening to take in. It's like... If it's a cup of coffee and it makes you feel better, fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. As long as the coffee's oh. not released with fucking tremolone. Oh, one, one, one last thing uh, that I can I can say that, that really helped me as well is when the training got tough and uh, you know fatigue started settling in. Um, and I think that you know a lot of people get down on having shit sessions. Personally, if you're able to get numbers. Decent numbers during a shit session, that's a good session. Oh, my because people, a lot of people don't take in regards to how mash up their nervous system is. And, and I found every single time when I had a shit session and I managed to get half decent numbers, mm. I just know for a fact that as soon as I'm tapered, I'm good to go. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think a lot of people need to take that in consideration because nine times out of ten, I think when people are struggling with sessions and they get many down, they, they should flip it on its head and think of the negatives as positives. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that helped me a lot during that build up when shit sessions got terrible. I just thought to myself, I'm tired, uh, I'm fatigued, there's a lot of volume uh, accumulated in my body as a result of how hard I've been training. 
So this session, even though I'm, I managed to get some numbers in, that is way better than I it would be uh, if I was, oh, sorry, let me see how I start again. So that, that would be better for me if I'm fresh, basically, if I'm, if I'm freshly bodied, those numbers will be probably 10, 15 kilograms more, you know, and I think people need to realise that. For me, it's like, it's the, it's the psychological win for the day. I think every time you come out of a session, you should be able to tell and say, right, if all this went to shit, what was the good thing? Like for me, mm. I think on Monday or Tuesday, I, I attempted that 200 kilo back squat. The, 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 everything leading up to that had gone to shit. It just wasn't right. I wasn't moving right and stuff like that, but I walked away with a win. But I also walked away with an even bigger um, confidence boost because because of the plates I've got here and I've lent out to people, I've, I've not got what I would normally have. So it's, it's, it's forced me to take jumps and do stuff that I ordinarily wouldn't do. I mean, you've called me out on this before as well. Like when we've trained together, it's like, why are you taking every 10 kilos? It's like, why are we not jumping to X, Y, Z? So I've, I've actually had to be forced from going from like, You've watched me you know, when I warmed up for that 125 snatch where I literally went from 70, 10 kilo jumps all the way up. Yeah. I'm like, I'm literally now snatching 70 and going straight to 100 because I don't have any other choice. I think it's worth pointing out before we like, this is probably a topic for the next one. I think um, me and Jamal did that uh, coaches only on witnessing else thing, but Spencer, um, what's how is Spencer, is it Spencer Arnold, Harrison Maris's coach? Yeah, Spencer Arnold, yeah. yeah. Over a bunch of tonnage stuff and he was obviously talking about like, you count everything from 60% upwards. He's like, you can get an effect out of that. And I was thinking like, when you look at it, when we were both doing like loads of squats and training really frequently, it's like, well, you do kind of need to take big jumps. If anything from 60% upwards can add loads to your training, do you really yeah. want to be going 60, 65%, 68%, 71%, 72%, 73%, 74% by taking these small jumps? Or do you want to literally come in and go bar, 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 25%, 50%, 70%, 80%, 90% done out. So then you've only got like three meaningful working reps a day. And that means you're going to distribute mm. the time. It's like, when you this look at, funny. Funny. You, that one, um, who is it? Uh, you know, the Russian super, Tatiana. Or, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if she still is lifting or not, but um, her training was like, you do two or three singles at each weight, but it was five kilo jumps from a hundred. So bear in mind, that's like, if you've got a 140 snatch, that's about like 70, 75%. So if you're doing one or two singles at each weight, and you're going 100, 100, 105, 105, 110, 110, 130. Do you know what I mean? You're getting so much tonnage in, even though it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to work up to 130, but I'm going to take five kilo jumps and I'm going to do two singles at each way, but I'm just going to work up to 130. That's not the same as going bar, 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 70, 90, 110, mm. 130 out. And like you could say, well, I got to the same top weight. Yeah, but you didn't do the same amount of work which is why her technique literally looks like she could fall asleep. You could take all the drugs away. She could have flu going the next day and snatch 140. And then you get some other nations where like they come off with drugs and it looks like they couldn't even clean jack their snatch because. Yeah. Hashtag you live. Um, yeah, but you're, mate, you're right. And to a certain extent, that's kind of how my sessions have gone really in lockdown because obviously with the cold as well, it's like, I want to get to that weight and I want to fuck off. I don't want to be in the snow for any much longer. So I was going like, I think at one point I went, I went like 50, 70, I mean, even recently, I wouldn't even bother. I'll start warming up with 70. I might, I tend to, I've worked out now, I need to take either three doubles or five singles at that first weight just to get my old hips moving. Because um, <laughs> um, I, I notice if I rush up too much, I don't wake up. That's what I've realized with some of these 120s. By the time I get to the 120, I'm like, I'm not ready. Um, but yeah, I'll go 70, couple of reps, couple of doubles. Then it was like 70, 100, 110, 120, and then attempts at 130 because that's the only choice I have. I could go 125, but that equals my PB. What's the fucking point? I might as well put 30 on and just be a real man. 
So, yeah. and it's the same with cleaning jerks. So like today, I literally went 75, 15, 25, 35. Yeah. Now, build then, character, man. Then I, then I dropped build, that. I dropped that, down that, and that, when, when I used to get coached by George, uh, yeah. it used to be bar, and he's like, put the reds on for a second. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you're trying to destroy me. And he's like, send me, and he was literally uh, bar, do some warm up with the drills at the bar, then put the reds on, semi, then uh, I think it was 90 or 100. And then anything past 100, and then those working sets. And he was literally just getting me drilling those working sets for like fucking ages. And boy, I, like it was, um, it shocked to the system the first way, uh, the first set. Uh, but I tell you, after this, in the second set, it's like it's broke the ice. You're, you're, you're feeling like, okay, this is, this is all right, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's a good energy saver as well, isn't it? The thing um, I, I also turned around and I said to myself uh, when I was, I, I've been guilty of in the past attacking uh, a feeling and a response to a number on the bar. And I've, and I, I then let that number become an issue instead of looking at it like a percentage. Yeah. Mm. Be like, I, I, I spent far too much time going, Oh my God, it's like this. When I go, that's fucking 80%. Like yeah. being a bitch, just you, 80% is a nothing weight to worry about. doesn't matter that the 80% is one ten. It's eighty percent, so it's more than in your fucking wheelhouse. So like once once I did that switch from sort of like worrying about kilos to the percentages, all of a sudden I just start throwing shit up that I would I wouldn't ordinarily have took so much longer to warm up to. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why I like percentages simply because I, I think I explained this to Speed before. When I've get given percentages, I'm more likely to do it because it is weird numbers. When it's the whole numbers, whole numbers are the ones that usually have an emotional attachment to it. But if it's like eighty and it's like a weird number, like you know, let's say a hundred and thirteen or something, that's going up no problem. If it's hundred and fifteen, oh shit! So that's, that's what I think. That's what's getting me with this one thirty. I think I think Chris said it goes. Even I know now. If I put one twenty seven on, I know I've got it. I've been that fucking close with one thirty now. Like one twenty seven is not. Yeah, it's that rounding that you are right. It's the rounding of it that does play fucking fuckery with your brain it's probably the stupid thing is uh, probably put like 132 or 131 on the bar and i'll probably snatch it i'm telling you mate yeah, i'm telling you, <laughs> you do, right? yellow 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 <clears throat> half no i'm not i'm not going to like you i'm not having it um, anyway, I, 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 I messaged him during the week and because i needed to have 140 on the bar um i had to load it um 25 20 and then uh 30 to get the to get the get the whatever it was to get the right loading for one forty, and I sent him a message going, I can't fucking deal with this. It's like the, my OCD of me seeing the bar loaded like that is actually fucking killing me right now. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing as well is like, and I think we, you've touched on it as well. Like from a training perspective, doing what I've done with no one around me, I can't fucking wait to be in the same room as you two. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's not to sound too soppy, but at the end of the day, to have to have like the atmosphere of our team together again at some point very soon is there's something fucking weirdly magical about that. And it just, it just like the heavy weights do not feel fucking heavy. Like that 25, when I smoked it, that thing did not fucking feel heavy. Mm. Everything now at the minute is just a little bit of like, it's a little bit heavy, but there's also like, like, like what we turn around and said, like when I get, if, if I got the 25, you boys would buy me lunch. If I didn't, I've got to buy you lunch. Having some level of responsibility or some level of like uh, repercussion to you not doing something is like, like I've clocked two or three snatches the past couple of months. 
I hadn't clocked a fucking snatch for ages. And it was just because I was on my own and I, I could do it and not worry about it. Because there was no one there to come mm. for being a bitch. Mm. So, yeah, and I think you had the same problem, Chris, didn't you? When you said you were clocking stuff that you ordinarily wouldn't. Yeah, and mine was I was kind of like getting in my head in the gym. And then when I look back, I did this classic thing where I feel really good every week. So then I go up and it turned out that obviously watching... And again, this made more sense watching Spencer Arnold, where he's like, oh, yeah, so we'll do like a base week, spike tonnage, drop, and then come back to normal. I basically chose to spike four weeks in a row, then wondered why I was fucked and why my back. <laughs> and That'll do it, mate. That will do yeah. it. You know, when you look at like a weight where it's like, oh, 110 is not even a thing anymore. And then like you actually look at it, it's like, well, you did four doubles there. So that is a thing. And I think like one, se- so like one session, I think what? So if it's 140, what? So 90% is 125. I did five by two at 110, five by one at 120, then five by one at 125 in the same session on the minute, then wondered why next week. I was like, fuck, Jesus Christ, 120's hard, mate. And then the next week went, oh, yeah, so had a light week last week, we'll reset this week, and then literally, like, if I've got the video, I'll try and post it over this, but, like, 113, I pick it up off the floor, and it literally looks like someone's just, like, whacked me around the head because I literally just fall forwards. Like, I just go to pull it, drop it, fall forwards, and just like, and I'm just like that on the floor just clutching my back like the family guy skit where you just go like that <laughs> and I was just like oh, anyway, we'll probably have to cut it there because I think this is like two hours so we'll probably release this as a two-parter no mate just do the whole thing fuck it yeah alright so we hope you enjoyed that podcast we hope you took a lot from it if you're actually recovering from COVID your help yourself or you've got someone that you are or you're coaching someone that is we hope that some of the stuff that Jamal had and some of the insights that he had in this podcast will help you to be able to bounce back and to be able to perform better as well like always if you want to get hold of us you want to buy some of our merch you want to inquire about coaching or you want to learn more from us then roninstrength.co.uk and check us out on ronin underscore strength underscore uk on instagram